Episode 151 of the Reptile Gumbo Podcast. Ooh, excuse me. I just wolfed down two cheap pizzas. He did, like in five minutes. <laughs> it was pretty funny. <clears throat> yeah, I went and ran three miles of the gym, got home, showered, and then and stuffed my face. <laughs> well, I ran oh, the, a good trade-off. I ran the three miles, so now I can eat those two little pizzas. <laughs> like those uh, little tiny, like, do- well, it used to be a dollar Totino's pizzas. Now they're like they're $2. $2. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Logan wanted some, and I was like, um, yeah, not right now. Yeah, no, my grandmother used to always keep them in the in the house when all the cousins would come, because they were, like, I think they were less than a dollar back then. Yeah, but they're not they're going like down in price anytime ever. Like so. 50 cents or something like that. Yeah, no, it's crazy. Uh, so, anyways, uh, a few things I want to get into before we get into our show. Um, let's do our sponsors real quick. If you're looking for a rack, a cage, a hide, like, it's 151 episodes by now. Uh, you know who we're talking about. LSReptileRacks.com. Robert... He's over here. This guy, he, uh, he'll get you a rack or a cage yep. or a hide or a sign. Or yeah, We almost didn't anymore. That's true. We had tornadoes come through. And you had tornadoes like 200. An F3 tornado within a quarter of a mile of the shop. Um, there's I can see destroyed houses from my shop. Yeah, I think we said it was like three city blocks. If roughly. that. If that. Um, yeah, we were uh, in lockdown yesterday in our schools. Like We were had all the kids in the hall- hallway. Uh, cause the, I think that tornado originally, I think it's the same one originally touched down in Iowa colony, um, where near where Katie teaches, uh, Katie's not here. Rachel's here tonight. If anybody, it's Rachel's here. Katie is, uh, is dealing with kid. Um, but, uh, yeah, it touched down near her school and then picked up and then mm-hmm. headed towards, towards your shop. Yeah. Basically went right over our houses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Pretty much. Um, so anybody, if anybody's listening that was affected by the storm, I mean, there's still whole chunks of around the Houston area that don't have power. Uh, and chunks that don't have houses. Uh, I know the animal shelter there in Pasadena was like begging folks to come take care of the dogs. Yeah, he like, took a direct hit. Yeah, they lost power and a roof. Yeah, um, I noticed like today, right on the Beltway at Fairmont Parkway, um, like there's a Hooters and a Harley Davidson dealership, yeah. and that all is just the not destroyed, but it's going to be a while. Really, Home Depot looked like they about have had a big chunk of their roof ripped off. Um, they had a bunch of people out there working on it today, and they have to go far for materials. <laughs> um, yeah, especially since there's a Home Depot and a Lowe's there. So if the Home Depot can't get yeah, their homes there, it's right across the street. And the Lowe's was fine because I went there, but it's <laughs> literally uh, right across the street, but it just was in the right spot. They said it was an F3 um, and it was like 0.76 miles wide at the, on the ground. Damn. But like there's a couple restaurants that we go to that are just gone. Really? A um, couple like family owned places are just gone. Um, we had a, there's a place that, they take vans and turn them into uh, handicap accessible vans with the hand drive and stuff. And their, their building is just mangled. Um, no telling. I mean, it, it's bad. I've seen, you know, I've, I rode out hurricane Ike here. Um, and the, the eye wall went right over us and I've seen the damage from hurricane, but that compact damage from a F three tornado, oh, yeah. is like nothing I've ever seen. Where I lived in uh, Louisiana so yesterday, you know, the kids go through uh, these things and they don't think they're serious. And they lo- laugh it off and joke and everything. But where I was in Louisiana, we had one come through and it hit a, a small private school, small Christian private school, and uh, hit the bathroom that this teacher had gotten the kids into the bathroom and hit the bathroom. Luckily, none of the kids were, were hurt, but it tore roof and uh, tore off like a gymnasium and the kids were at the school. So I've seen it hit a school. But so anyways, we're all safe. We're good. Uh, so, yeah, we need a rack or cage. Still open. You can go get one made. Yep. Um, 
Also, shout out to our friends over at Wiregrass Exotics. If you're in Alabama area, go check out Wiregrass Exotics for all of your reptile needs. Let's run through our herp shows real quick. Y'all just had a herp show? Yes. And hold on. Longview. Saturday was good, right? Yeah, yeah. For I Longview. mean, for Longview, it was good. Which, that show's moving, right? Moving to Shreveport. So, if you've gone to the Longview show, or if you are farther east towards Mississippi, and you're like, oh man, Longview's just so far away in Texas, it'll be in Shreveport next time. So, go check it out in Shreveport. Uh, the big show, though, this weekend, my birthday weekend, is in Conroe, Texas. So, if you're in the area, come by Conroe, Texas and check it out. That should be a good one. Then Corpus Christi is February 25th, 26th. Then... We mentioned this last week, the Baton Rouge show, which is technically Gonzalez, Louisiana, but it's the Baton Rouge show is replacing the New Orleans show, um, which I'd much rather not have to go to New Orleans. I've, I've been there enough. I'm good. I saw a thing today that the crime has gotten the There's another show that has announced a New Orleans show yeah. in New Orleans, which is crazy <laughs> because everything is illegal in New Orleans, but we're going to leave it at that. Um <laughs> And I was just, somebody mentioned one of our friends that lives there. It's like, yeah, I wouldn't go to that convention center if you paid me because every car in the parking lot gets broken into now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I pulled up, you could pull up Lexus Nexus and it's like every reported felony in New Orleans. And just in the last month, what? there's probably a thousand car burglaries in that area. That's what happens when your police force begins to quit? Yeah, like 60% of the police force quit. <laughs> so, uh, But that show has been moved to Baton Rouge. It technically is in Gonzales, Louisiana, but... Uh, it's, it's a great venue. I've been there before. There's been other shows there before. This one will be a million times better if you've ever been to other reptile shows at that venue in yeah. Gonzales, Louisiana. This will not be like that show. This will be a million times better than that show. Yeah. Um, so that is March 4th and 5th. The Bryan College Station show is March 11th and 12th. Then out to Waco, Texas, March 25th and 26th. Then back over to Slidell, Louisiana, which is such, such a better show than the New Orleans show. Uh, April 1st and 2nd. I'm glad I'm not going to be at that show on April Fool's Day. Austin, Texas is April 22nd, 23rd. And then back home. We're back home on May 6th and 7th at the Pearlands show. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm excited about that one again. Sleeping in my own bed was amazing for a show. Own bed's awesome. You got to talk into the microphone. That's right. You're, you're talking above the microphone? And so, you talk into it the keeps mic- sliding. I'm, I'm not excited to sleep in my own bed. I'm excited not to have to pay to sleep in a bed that weekend. That is true. That is true. I mean, both. I mean, I like my bed, but I don't. I could sleep anywhere, but I like to not spend about two hundred bucks. I could start charging you for your own bed if that. If you want to get, I can charge you. No. Oh, okay. Uh, Yeah, come check us out at Conroe this weekend. Oh, I will have. I have snakes at the show. I know it's like it's been like over a year since I've had snakes at a show, or it feels like at least. But I will have Annery Samboas. Uh, Come check out the Lone Star Reptile Racks, and then look for the little tiny snakes that are in there. Now they won't be in the racks; they'll be in a set, but they'll be at that table. Because uh, we will also be set up for the podcast out in the lobby. So if you are listening and you come through, say hey to us. I don't, I don't know who Facebook user is, but yes, snakes. I can never. T- I hate that Facebook. Anyways, <laughs> but yeah, I, I I do breed snakes once every like four or five years. Uh, so I will have some baby samboas. I do have a boa that I th- I don't want to get my hopes up. I think she's pregnant. Oh really? And if she's pregnant, she's doing less than a month. But I don't want to get my hopes up. Is that the really mean one that we can't? Really oh, yeah. No, she's it? evil. Okay. Uh, yeah. Taking the babies away from her is going to be great. <laughs> well, it's me is a great comment, Facebook user, but you got to give us a little more. That's Dax. Oh. Uh, <laughs> and then the other one is that's Jeremy. That's our guest. Uh, <laughs> the one that tagged Jess and Byron. Yeah. yeah. No, no. The snakes. Dax is a retake person, so I'm not surprised he doesn't know how to use technology or anything else. He's, they're retake people. They're 
They're a little off. Uh, hey, other things, awesome. our give, don't forget our giveaway this month is a calendar from our friend, uh, Brittany Gobble over at Gobbles Reptiles. And the calendars, well, there's one right here, uh, Rachel's holding one, and there's one on the wall. She sent us these blood python calendars that look freaking amazing. Awesome. They are. They're great. And she sent us some stickers. Oh, I got stickers, too. I got to put them on my freezer. I got my, uh, my rat freezer. <laughs> has all my snake stickers on it. So all you have to do is go over to our Facebook page, and it's pinned at the top. And you just have to tell us what two reptiles you would combine and why. If you could combine any two reptiles, tell us why. I think I'd go with uh, Draco lizards, like a fly, mm-hmm. and then like a uh, an emerald tree boa. Just just imagine an emerald tree boa with those giant teeth coming at you, flying <coughs> through the jungle. I mean, that's stuff a nightmare. Be freaking amazing. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, it's the closest I can get to a dragon. So, just I want, I want a flying emerald tree boa just to come flying in people's face. Not my face. I, I will stay far away from it. But uh, just go over there, check it out. Click on there. Tell us what two animals, you, two reptiles you would combine, and you can be in the drawing for your own blood python calendar, just like the one here behind me. Uh, I think that's it. I think, I think I've covered everything until I haven't. Something else will come up, I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure. It is what it is. But uh, let's go ahead and get to our guest. Bring our guest in. If I can find where my mouse went, there it is. And welcome, Jeremy from Aces Reptile Emporium. How's it going, Jeremy? Hey, what's going on, guys? Not much. You uh, you were at the Longview show with Robert. That's how uh, Robert and Rachel told yeah, me about actually, you. Yeah, so, I was down there. It was a pretty good show, actually, as far as customer accounts go. So what all uh, what all do you have? Uh, I guess breed, sell, what? <laughs> we uh, we deal with a little bit of everything. So breed-wise, um, we've got red tail boas. We've got sand boas, hog noses, corns, kings. Um, working on Madagascan giant hog nose. If I can get them to breed, that'd awesome. be awesome. Nice. Um, just a little bit of everything as far as breeding goes. And then we do a lot of collection buyouts, breeder buyouts. So our table is usually full of all kinds of random stuff. We've got some sailfin dragons right now, frill dragons, stuff like that. Sailfin dragons are cool. Yeah. She's a little baby, but uh, she's actually sitting right next to the laptop. That's so why I keep playing okay. over. But uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, no, she, I'm, I can't, I'm excited for when she gets bigger. It'll be fun. So what, uh, what, I'm going to jump. What, what bows do you have? Uh, right now we've got Colombian red tails as the kind of the bigger ones we're dealing with. Are you got, working uh, morphs or? Yeah, I think we've got about eight females going this year. Oh, wow. Uh, two, two of those are going to be um, albino clutches and jungle uh, clutches. Are you and working then, with call or sharp? Uh, all of those are calls. I do have some sharps that are growing out and be ready next year. I'm a call fan. So every time I talk to somebody nowadays, it's VPI. And I'm like, no, I don't do that. I do call. <laughs> no, I don't have any VPI in the call collection. It's, yeah. uh, no, most of them are calls. Uh, like I said, I do have a couple sharp females going next year. So we'll see how that goes, but. A little bit mixed up pastels and motleys and hypos and things. I've got, I'm hoping if, if everything goes well, I will have motley sun glows next month. That'd be cool. Super excited. This will also be the first boas I've produced from a boa that I produced. That's awesome. Nice. Yes, I'm excited about that. So, so question. Yeah, this is our first them? year. Uh, this will be our first year actually right, um, breeding two of our baby albinos. So we're excited about that one too. When is he coming to visit my motley? I don't know yet. I, I got to make sure. I've, I've had to separate them for a while, but we'll bring them over there. Okay. Um, I also need to bring my other male back down. And, Anyways, breeding plans, figure all that out later. But uh, oh, It's always changing anyway. Yes. yes. Well, because it always depends. Like, you put things together, and then they don't want to do anything. Or, like mm-hmm. for mine, they did stuff for like two months, and yet nothing ever took. So that's not filling me with confidence about that male. 
Oh, and that's the one. Yeah, that's, we, were... we were into that last year with corns. We bred a couple different corns, only one of them to it. So, that's again this year. Yeah, no, this is a di- a, it's not the same meal that I'm planning on. The one that I'm planning on breeding with yours is the one that I'm pretty sure knocked up mine. Again, I don't want to get my hopes up because, like with boas, they always look fat, but it's like that last month they really start to swell up. And she looks like she's really. Well, I had, yeah, I had one that swelled up all year last year, didn't lay. We finally we just started putting males and females together, and we go to check on them, and one of my females has babies down there. I was like, <laughs> I got her giving up hope that she was going to lay. Like, so I've been there. I, I I get to the point in the last month where I'm like, I look at it like multiple times. I go, could be, but it might not be. Mm-hmm. And then like and my wife for so long, you just kind of forget when you when they actually do it. You know? Yeah. Well, and then my wife's like, no, she definitely looks pregnant. I'm like, kinda, but she could just be fat. I mean, granted, I haven't really fed her that much in now four months, but she could just be fat. So I've got a Saharan sandboy like that too. Like hadn't eaten in a month, but she's looks like she's gonna pop any day. I had a sandboa that I was way off on when she was gonna have babies, and I walked in there one day and I was changing a water dish. Here comes a little baby moving around. I was like, oh shit! I was like a month and a <laughs> half off. Those babies, the babies love the water dish. I don't know what it is. They go right up underneath it every time. Yeah. And it's, uh, I, I did the math. I'm like, I don't know how is it that far off. I'm like, I guess I had the mail with it. I don't know. That's what scares me about venomous mm. is I just open it up one day to do maintenance and bam, get bit by a little something. Yeah. Well, I, uh, I just so- figure every, everything I breed four weeks after I breed it, I just start looking for babies. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm not taking that's chances. Smart. That's, that's, smart. I was like, that's what I would really do. Well, it's like I told you my friend that had the had the copperhead that had partho babies oh yeah he didn't even fucking breed them and he that's went right. in there and started reaching around and there were baby copperheads so oh, yeah. that shit would scare me uh jason milrovich said producing from animals that you produce as babies is one of the coolest feelings yeah i cannot wait um but again i'm trying so there's two reasons i don't get my hopes up and, and i think a lot of people that get into breeding and they've never bred before they don't think of these two things one there's a great chance that she lays an entire litter of stillborns or slugs it oh, definitely yeah. happens. I mean, especially with live birth stuff, the live birth is insane for that. Like, I mean, you almost always lose the first clutch, you know? Yeah, you might I, get a couple live ones in there, but... I'm worried about that, doing my doom rolls for the first time. You know that, as, from oh, what yeah. I gather, they both, neither one of them have ever bred before. But I'm talk into, in, them, into so the mic. I don't really know. I can't get any closer to the mouth. Ma- you you can. In my you see, mouth. see how, like, here's the microphone <laughs> and here's my mouth. <laughs> now you just games. copy the same thing. <laughs> I mean, I'm pretty sure you've put your mouth on. <laughs> I'm just saying you could probably do this. It's been a while. Oh, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> I resist. Now Sorry, it's going to be even longer. You just screwed yourself. Uh, it's going to have to now if it's longer. <laughs> Jeez, just keep going. <laughs> might as well dig the hole, right? Fuck it. Oh, man. Once you get the shovel out, you might as well go deeper. That's right. That's what she said. Uh, <laughs> so Jason Miloradovich uh, asked if I was checking the female's temperatures. She said this far along, she should be elevated if she's gravid. I only open that, t- that cage to fill in the water dish. That's it. Like, if anybody were to look in that cage, they go, oh, God, this thing is horribly dirty. And it's not really that dirty. But I haven't changed anything. I haven't done shit. I've left her in there in her own filth because I found many snakes feel much more comfortable. And I don't mean filth. She's not, like, sitting in wet bedding. No, it's and, not bad at all. No, but, but like, it's dry in there. But I don't want to mess with her. Plus, she's like, oh, I was going to say a word that people really get upset. Oh, bitch. I was going to say the C word, which I don't think is that bad. But, man, that really bothers people. She is. Yes. Yeah, she's a handful. It's not that bad of a word. You mean yeah. cunt? Okay. Anyways, <laughs> she's not that friendly. No. Um, and so I'm already, I'm, I'm hoping I catch her like right when she has the babies because they're kind of tired and worn out and it'll be much easier to remove her 
And maybe she won't have goo all over her that I have to clean up off of her because that's not going to be fun. Because for those out there that have snakes that lay eggs, uh, boa births are gooey. They're, they're, I was say, they don't have that same problem with the egg ones, you know? Yeah, no, they're gooey. Well, like, you don't have that problem with, like, sambo. Sambo's Sam- aren't that bad. Like, well, there's, aren't bad. Yeah, and I've talked about it before on here. There's, there's two different types of live birth. So there's the live birth that boa constrictors have where it is it, – everything comes out. It's just all goo. And then there is the one, like, sambo's have where they hatch internally, and then they just give birth to a baby, uh, which is so much easier to clean up. Um, but with that said, I, I do love the goo. Like, that's – it's awesome. I'm excited about it because it'll be my first time. Yes, it'll be fun. Yeah. It doesn't, it takes a while to clean it up. Like it, it really, it really smears. It's, uh, it's, it's gooey. So for ball python people, it may gross them out. I mean, I clean houses for a living. That is true. So that is true. So, uh, let's, I want to go over the question. We had a lot of answers on the question we asked this week. Um, let me find where I posted it. And then you also posted it, but the, uh, the question, uh, we talked and the topic came up and I kind of reworded it, but it was, what is the number one thing you take into consideration when pricing animals for sale and why? Um, and obviously like, if you're not a breeder, you may not be used to selling them. You may not really know, but a lot of the folks that, that comment on here, they do breed and a lot of our friends are from shows they breed. So, uh, I'm gonna go through them and then we'll talk about how we price stuff. Yeah. I think you actually, I mean, just kind of hit it right there too. Like there's a lot of people that sell animals that don't breed them. And I think that kind of varies on what they base pricing off of yeah. and how they come up with their pricing. You know, if you're selling one or two snakes a year, that's one thing as pets. But if you're selling hundreds, then, you know, you might have a little different value in pricing. You know? Yes. Uh, I'll just, real quick, Miloradovich, uh, you can suck a dick. Just wanted to throw that out there. Uh, he asked if I had waterproof gloves to handle the gooey babies. <laughs> no. I don't wear gloves for babies when I'm getting them out of the cage, but I do wear gloves after about a, <laughs> after about a week when they want to bite me. <laughs> Because I'm not getting bit by 20 babies. I don't use gloves. I use snakes on. I don't. I don't use gloves on babies. I don't know. Oh, I use gloves all the time. I'm. I'm not getting. Bit. I use gloves on. I've got a macaw that I use gloves on, or oh. if I'm handling like raccoons or skunks or something. It's got you know Kevlar gloves. Because with a macaw, unless you've got, that's not gonna work. It's gonna bite your finger off anyways. It doesn't. Yeah, I was gonna say. I'll, I, I mean, we'll show you the macaw if you want. She'll tear you up. I would say it'll just snap a finger off. It'll just snap your finger off in the glove. So you'll just have. The Kevlar beads help, but that's about it. So. But uh, going through here, uh, Becca, our, our friends over at. Uh, the Learning Zeus said, we hold back carpet pythons for quite some time to see what their coloring looks like before selling. That is tricky with, that's what we've talked about before, that's a species where uh, the baby does not look its best. You know, I make fun of ball pythons, but ball pythons in the first like month or so look great. That is like the best they're going to look. And then like three or four years later, it's not going to look as great as you think it is. And I get it, someone is sitting there going, that's not true for this morph. Shut the fuck up. You know what I meant. Damn ball python people. Uh... We we'll breed a couple balls, so yeah, not everybody's perfect. We try to stay away from them. We do two or three a year, and that's about it. <laughs> I don't, I don't blame you. Uh, Drew also part back. I said normally I base it off of what similar animals are going for a morph market, which was a common reoccurring thing, and that has really changed. We've talked about it before it has really changed the hobby, especially pricing wise. I think it has made it better and worse in some cases. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, morph market completely changed the way. I mean, I don't want to say save the market, but I mean it saved the breeders for sure. Yeah, you, you you don't get the low ball. I remember going to a show once and having to sell my hypo boas for like, I think it was like sixty bucks when I when I could have easily at a normal show got like one hundred and fifty off of them. Mm-hmm. But the next person over was selling them at like fifty. I was like, well, shit! If I want to sell anything to cover this table, I've got to knock it down to sixty. I was like, what the hell are we selling? Like, I just 
But that was a while back, and Morph Market has changed that. Now, one thing Morph Market, I think, has, has stopped, unfortunately, is the uh, is as much of the Sunday deals. Yeah. Um, you know, when I first got into the hobby, if you could hold out until Sunday and hope that your animal that you want doesn't sell, you could probably talk the person out of some money. And you can still do that a little bit here and there, but it's a little harder now because everybody kind of knows what things are going for, and they know if they don't sell it that Sunday, they'll sell it next Saturday or whatever, right? So, Or they'll sell it on Morph Market. So some of that has stopped. But um, Amanda Reddy, our friends over at Reddy's Rainforest, said, first, it's how much it costs to raise the animal they're selling. I mean, they sell panther chameleons, and they raise those things up for a while. Yes, they do. Uh, the minimum for panthers is three months. Each month we care for them, of course, adds to their cost of life, but we don't follow pricing trends. We let the animal value themselves as as in base cost to raise the color, to raise and color pattern. I'm confused by the last sentence, but I get it. I get it. They're, uh, they're also breeding um, very specific locale panther chameleons. Yeah. And th- they are amazing. We had them on here several episodes ago and had some of the best looking panther chameleons I've ever seen. So whatever they price them at, they're worth it. Um, but we talked about them before. That's that's a tricky one where like you have to fight against some of the wild caught stuff, especially when Florida exists and you can go down there and catch everything. Yeah, if I was ever decide to buy a panther chameleon, it will be from oh, yeah. Lee and Amanda, for sure. They're amazing. After them. having them on the show and seeing how they how passionate they are about them and how great of care they take that sounded stupid. <laughs> the uh, the great care they get- take of the animals. Or- Words are hard. Shut up now. <laughs> <laughs> well, but see, now I think with them, when we're talking about pricing, you have to add in price for them, for them, for Lee and Amanda. Sure, because you're going to get their support forever. Yeah, they they are a breeder that if you have a problem, you call them and they'll they'll walk you through everything. They'll talk to you. They'll talk your ears off in a good way. Um, but you're paying for them also, so the price is worth it there. Yeah, I mean, now you're down to like you said, you know, wild caught and everything. But you know, if you're dealing with someone like that who's breeding just panther chameleons. You're going to get a little more lineage information. You're going to get a little more quality, a little more colors, you know, yeah. things of that nature versus, you know, someone like me. Yes, I breed chameleons and we don't do them anymore, but, you know, I breed a little bit of everything. So you're going to get a little mix and it's not like I'm only focusing my time on those panther chameleons. Yeah. And, and, and not a knock on you, and but you're not line breeding yeah. a panther chameleon for four or five generations, right? You're, right. you're breeding and selling and that's fine. It's just mm-hmm. you got to know who you're buying from and what you're buying, I think. Um, and that's another one we'll get into, but the breeder side or the seller side needs to also be more truthful in what they're selling as well. Um, which happens. Oh yeah, no, definitely. I mean, if you're not, and that goes back to, you know, old school versus new school, you know, back in the day, they'd bring in sacks full of imports and they still the do. And they still do, but now it's a little more clear cut, you know, what's import, what's captive yeah. red, you know, but I mean, if you're going to sell something, number one, you've got to be accurate on what you're selling. And then number two, you've got to stand behind it. You know? Yeah. That's right. I mean, we do two week guarantee on everything we sell, you know, whether we produced it or bought it or anything like, you know, we quarantine everything 30 days when we get it, and we do a two-week guarantee when we sell it. I mean, it's just if you're not going to stand behind it, then it doesn't do any good. You know? And that's awesome because I've been to shows, watch somebody come in with an animal they shouldn't have come in with because you're not allowed to, sell it to the person oh, you see it all the time. or yeah, trade yeah, it to the person, and then that person shows. puts it on the table and then sells it. I'm like, you have no idea if that thing's eating, mites, anything about it. Like, you just got it from this random person, and now you're selling it to somebody else, and you know they're going to lie their ass off when they sell it that, yes, it's eating. It's eating this law three days ago and it's so that's going to happen uh oh yeah and you know when you sell a snake at a show i mean you know sometimes they go you know on hunger strikes and getting used to the new habitats and yeah. stuff and like we tell them like as long as you message me within the first two weeks like we're going to go back and forth all we need to and if we need to refund it two months from now we will you know like it's just the way it is so darren 
Darren Watson in the chat says, have shows always been two-day shows in the South? Yeah. That's a huge difference I've learned between Southern shows and Northern shows. Uh, Northern shows, just talking to all my friends, are are one-day shows, which I guess have their benefits. You know, no hotel calls. That would keep Robert happy. Um, and if people are coming to it, they're definitely buyers. Like, I say definitely, but more likely buyers that day. You don't have to hope to cover two days because um, it's just going to be that one day. But... I do like the two-day shows because I'm a social butterfly and I got to spread my wings. And I like hanging out for two days. Rachel, too. Yeah. Yes. There's also a lot of setup involved when you do these shows. Like, you know, the vendors that have, you know, more than one table, it's a lot of work setting up tables and breaking them down. And yeah, I couldn't yeah. imagine. <laughs> you some, do all that in one day and it's it's rough. I couldn't imagine some of our yeah. vendors doing a, a one-day show. Has set, the setup they do doing a one-day show. Even like us, I wouldn't want to do that. It takes us about four hours to yeah. unload and set up. That's if we, that's we if do we a one-day show. Walk, we have six way. tables at that one-day show. Jesus, <laughs> We have 125 animals that were brought last time, so it uh it gets a little tricky. Yeah, that's I'll pass on that. I'm, I'm not I'm not much for a one day show, but I see the benefit. But that's definitely more a northern thing. Uh, in the south, most of the show circuits are two day, and then the big shows are two day shows. You know, NARBC is two days. Uh, Daytona is a two day show. Uh, kind of a three-day show if you get there early. The random one-day con. You still got to talk into the microphone. Falling. I'm telling you, it's dropping. <laughs> it's not staying. It's not me. So you're saying it's just like going limp? Yes. Do a better job. I don't have that problem. Uh, apparently you do. <laughs> not with not with normal things. <laughs> uh, the one-day Conroe was a uh, effing nightmare. And, but it was so but good. It was so great. Sold so much time. shit that day. It was. Well, that's the, like, so the one day shows, I mean, like you talking about buyers, I mean, it's, you know, you're kind of forced to buy it right then and there. You don't wait to see if it's going to be the next day. That one day okay. show created the one, when you're in sales, the one thing you try to create is a sense of urgency. Mm-hmm. You want to build value and you want to build a sense Insane. of urgency. That created a sense of urgency right there. Mm-hmm. And man, it made it made it nice because people were just walking up. I'll take that one and I'll take that one. I mean, it was like yeah. no talking, no haggling, no nothing. It was just sell, 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 sell it that was day. Great, but it was horrible at the same time. It was and weird. I'll just walk to, into the reptile room. So I'm gonna make her say hi real quick. It was weird to set up on Friday and then not be able to go there Saturday. Yeah. In case y'all never met my wife, it's my wife. Hello. So. Hello. <laughs> She's been moving crested geckos around in the background, so I'm gonna mm. come over here for a minute. <laughs> All the fun stuff. Um. Oh, so Lizard, Lizard Morph said one day shows in Australia and they're small. Uh, yeah, well, we we have small shows over here. Um, the ones you tend to see online tend to be NARBC because everybody posts pictures from uh, Arlington or from the the big the right. huge shows out in California. Um, but I've seen some videos from some American guys that go over to Australia and some of their shows and like then like a gymnasium, like it's kind of small. Um, but it's also different. I mean, y'all also. I mean, it's a country. It's a country full of reptiles, but you don't have the number of reptiles we have at a show because you can only have native. So it's different. Yeah. See, Lee and Amanda said they wait till you see our setup in Conroe. Change some of the setup. It's going to look nice. We're going to have a loudspeaker now, so everybody can hear them when they're talking. <laughs> uh, Miller Average said two day shows are nice because they bring vendors from farther away, but one day show is nice for folks that need to be back a day on Monday morning. You know, back, right back. I get that. I get that. That's that's our rough part. I got to be at work at six o'clock in the morning, so we do shows like Longview that are five hours from us, and uh, it's rough getting back, unpacking, <laughs> trying yeah. to go to sleep. I don't know if that's an Australian phrase or, or if it's just special. <laughs> I, I like it. I'm gonna start using that. Our shows are shitful, but I don't know 
in what way that goes. Is that a positive thing? Yeah, I'm curious. Or is it a negative thing? Or that microphone is nowhere near your mouth now. You're being ridiculous. (laughs) You're being ridiculous now. Fucking mess with me. You're about to have to hold it. I don't want so, to hold it. So, according to uh, Urban Dictionary, it is full of unpleasantness, inferiority, or something distasteful, completely shitty. We uh, we full all need to call full Sean. Full of shit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we need to call Sean. Tell him the shows are shitful and see what he's <laughs> I'm so disappointed that I missed the night that he was on. Yeah, that is shitful. I'm gonna, I have to use that now. <laughs> We're going to use it in every interview this weekend. <laughs> Just. <laughs> Yeah, we for anybody listen, we are gonna do like I'm trying to aim for s- at least six interviews in Conroe to give us two months worth of episodes to take breaks on. But that is the goal. Uh, let me get oh, go ahead. so for y'all that weren't at Longview, Janelle did have a birthday. So she I'll did. just tell her happy birthday again. And she kept bringing me cake. Here, eat some more cake. What oh, there's you doing? Cake. I asked Sean to grab a cake. <laughs> yeah. I grabbed Sean a cake. You know, I told him to grab a cake for him, and I figured a little small personal cake, and no. he brings this one that can feed the whole venue twice. Yes. You know I mean? And I think it did. Yeah, it I did. Saying, every single person who would eat a cake. It was funny because Don <laughs> Shores walked over, and he's like, where'd you get that cake? I'm like, take this piece. I was like, I will get you one, Don. He's okay. like, what about yourself? I'm like, I don't eat cake. So it's Australia Day. That's a thing. And I'm teaching you, Aussie, how good. <laughs> If y'all missed it on Sunday, she also got a little love tap from one of our red tails in the show. So yeah, nice. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> one of our, on yeah, she came no. to me for a Band-Aid. <laughs> yeah. it is I was it's Australia. It's bruised now. She got it right on top of the hand. Yeah, yeah no. it, was like, it hit her vein. Like I punched Jeremy in the face. No, my, uh, my adults, it would not be a love tap. It would be a trip to the ER to stitch up some yeah, shit. Most of the time, they're like, you know, they're trying to tag. And this one was just being all calm and just randomly just bit down and let go. Yeah, so you got it right on top of the hand. So. Australia Day, it's the Australia anniversary Day. of the 1788 landing of Britain's first fleet, which began the area of colonization. It was also when indigenous people began being oppressed, massacred, <laughs> dispossessed of their lands, and cut off from their culture. He said it's like the fourth for us, but it's different. Yeah. The fourth, we were already here for a while. Yeah, and then we got freedom from those damn Brits. Yeah, uh, and and then we decided fireworks were the way to celebrate that day. Uh, now the 4th of July is the day that many people will have 10 fingers for the last time. Yeah, that's for sure. Uh, what is, who is it that talks about Easter? Uh, the super pale comedian that uh, talks about the Hot Pockets and stuff? Oh, Jim Gaffigan. Jim Gaffigan. And he's like, uh, how did they come up with Easter? Well, let's have a bunny. <laughs> a bunny <laughs> what does it have? Dummy eggs? <laughs> <laughs> I just, Australia Day seems weird because like... We didn't ship a whole bunch of criminals to hang out here and keep them trapped, and then call it a country. Just, just saying, Australia. I don't know. <laughs> Different strokes. It's this huge debate here to change the date and have a day for everyone. Yeah, I was just reading a thing on BBC about how a lot of young people imagine, are shunning that holiday. I imagine there's some darker skinned people in Australia that wouldn't mind a day that <laughs> goes towards them. I just love that. I love. I love humans. We get somewhere like, I found this. And then someone pops out of the bushes. Hey, nope. I found this. <laughs> right. I have guns and typhoid. Uh, we'll just kill all of you. Yeah. I love that we've we've moved away from Columbus Day, really. We've been like, we probably shouldn't celebrate that guy. He's, <laughs> right. He was kind of a dick. <laughs> right. And he didn't really do anything. He, he kind of got lost, lucked into the wrong place, and we celebrate him. And then we kind of ignore the fact that Vikings were here first. Which I'm all much, I'd much rather change it from Columbus Day to like Leif Erikson Day or something to celebrate Vikings. We just all go around. Yeah, we should all get on board with that one. Yeah, just lighting shit on fire and throwing it out in the ocean, letting it float away. I'm all for that. Let's. Torching people's houses when we don't like them, you know, it's it's fine. (laughs) Oh, don't worry. He can get started. You can get started on the U.S. 
because I'm I'm cool with that. Yeah, no, we've done lots of fucked up things. Fuck <laughs> it. Uh, so our friend Corey Martin is in South Africa, and I thought it was funny. She got stopped uh, by some Australians in South Africa, and they asked where she was from, and she told them Texas, and she said they like made like visual like winced when they realized she was from Texas. So I told her, I said, just tell them, uh, you know why you're from down under. That way it's easier for you to suck it. <laughs> she said that she told him she's from the good part of Texas. And everybody that doesn't live in Austin was like, that's subjective. Yes. <laughs> I agree. I'd much rather be a Viking than a convict. That is, yeah. the Vikings had it. I mean, they, they did kill a bunch of people and then rape and pillage. But I mean, you know, that, they didn't hide from it. They didn't pretend it didn't happen. Exactly. True. So There's no revision, revisionist history when it comes <laughs> to the Vikings. It's slowly going. Tighten it up. James, you can reach it. It's right there. No, it's uh, it's this screw needs to be tightened. Nah. And I don't have a screwdriver. Gotcha. So I can't screw it right now. I'll have to screw it later. Uh, Great. I'd rather not be here. So. <laughs> like, screw it when I leave, please. <laughs> go, going back to uh, to these answers that we got way off talking about Australia and Vikings. That's okay. Uh, what we do. We, I can't believe we got off topic. That never happens. Never. Never. Uh, so Brittany over at Repticulture said, we have a rule in the shop, nothing under $100. Uh, and most of the time, my base is 125 The animal is the cheapest part of owning the animal. So if the animal is priced at a price that is disposable, uh, the care won't be the greatest because they just replace it, which is totally true. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's just where we start. And from the lineage, it plays a hand in the market value as well as expression on the animal. Uh, it's unbelievably amazing expression of the species, color markings, etc. Uh, that plays a factor. But I do like that there's no, quote unquote, cheap animals in their store. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you see a lot of that at the shows too. A lot of you know they always go for the cheapest animals, especially the new pets. You know they don't they don't want to spend a lot of money on the new pet because if it dies, you know, well, versus doing the research and making sure it doesn't die. Yes. So I, I'm torn on, and I, and I know y'all kind of fall in this category, but, not, but I'm torn. Kind of it, but it's, I'm it's, torn on resellers because I, I get owning a business. Our buddy JT also sells animals that he didn't produce, and I get that he's got a pet store, and and but I think he does it pretty well, and and several of our friends at the shows do it very well. But we know there are those out there that. They won. Oh, no, there's, there's, we've got a guy, you know, just whatever. But, um, you know, the businesses that they buy something, like you said, at the shows, they'll buy it at the show and post it online that same day. You know, I mean, it's no quarantine, no checking it themselves for anything. I mean, you know, you can't get an animal, especially reptiles, an hour later, sell them and hope that they're fine. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, obviously, okay, if I buy something from Robert, you know, I know I know him. I You know, I would trust his animals. But, you know, I mean, you don't know anybody walking to the show. You don't know anybody buying right. online. You just, nope. I mean. And even if I bought something from Robert, I'm not going to put it on the table right then and there to sell it. You know? Nope. But we see it happen all the time. I might do it the next show, you know, if it's already come home eating and everything else. But no, it happens all the time. I mean, we've, we've sold animals to, you know, hell to other vendors and then, you know, seen them right there on their tables and stuff. And it's like, okay, cool. You know, it doesn't bother me none. I know my stuff's healthy. Yeah. But, you know, you just wonder who else does that kind of stuff. Right. Uh, just to revisit the question, we were asked what well, the question was it was, what is the number one thing you take into consideration when pricing animals for sale and why? Um, let's go with our friend Ashley Howdy. The Howdy's over at Focus Cube. Uh, said number one thing when pricing availability of quality genetics. Uh, that I mean, she also breeds like high end crested geckos. Uh, so that entails a lot of things such as what gene you have, its availability, the quality of lineage. Uh, but that is the overarching theme. Um, and so again, I think that also depends on what you're breeding too. But I mean, she's breeding a higher end animal lineage definitely because it's. If you want someone to pay that price for it, you got to prove it's worth that mm-hmm. price in their mind. 
Yeah, I mean, now you're talking about, like, you know, she breeds crested geckos and gargoyle geckos, and now we're trying to do lichianas this year. Um, <laughs> you know, and if, if we buy collections out or breeders out, you know, we sell them a lot lower than if we're, you know, producing the stuff ourselves and can track the backgrounds. Yeah. I mean, you know, especially it seems like on geckos, everyone wants to know the lineage of them. I mean, a lot of our geckos, we can trace back to great-great-grandparents, you know, and it's that kind of stuff. They want to see what those parents look like, and they see that quality. You know, you start breeding different, you know, breeds, like, you know, like balls to get different genetics and things like that. So, obviously, those are priced a little higher. Yeah. The funny thing about lineage, though, because, like, you talk to some gecko people, and they can trace lineage back here, and they're like, get it with Carl, and he starts tracing lineage back to some of, some of his lychees. But then you talk to a ball python person. They couldn't fucking tell you who the parent was to that animal. It just happened to have the right color, and so they bought it. <laughs> I've got a buddy right now that just had babies uh, this past few months ago, and he doesn't even know who the parents were or anything. Like, he just waits <laughs> till the eggs hatch to find out who the dad was because uh, they're just throwing everything together, you know? Uh, Amanda Reddy said uh, people want chameleons but not the price, which is true. Uh, then they buy a $50 veiled chameleon and usually a wild-caught Florida veiled chameleon. Uh, we can't. Mm-hmm. They can't compete with that. And that's true. You know, to to an average person, it's a chameleon, but it's not. I mean, if I hold an, a wild caught veiled chameleon next to one of the Reddies panther chameleons, it's not even fucking close as to what they look like. You know, but but I someone mean, it's totally opposite. But they go for those cheaper species. You know? Yeah, and in their head, because they've seen enough cartoons, and they don't know how to care for them properly. Well, that's true. But in their head, they'll go. You know, chameleons change colors. Well, no, your veiled chameleon goes from green. To other color shades of green. Let's say dark green. Dark, like green. It's dark green and bright like, green. I hope you like green. You're not going to get all those colors. It's not the same thing. Or, you know, my favorite is like somebody posted earlier in a group here in Texas. Does anybody have any free lizards? I can't really <laughs> afford anything. But I have a 20-gallon long that I could put it in, and people are like, if you can't afford the fucking lizard, how are you going to feed it? Yeah. So, no. Or it's the, will you trade a ball python for a lychee? Right. Yeah. Yeah, well, you take this normal ball python... For this thousand dollar plus lychee, yeah. I promise you, at least once a week, we have people trying to sell us normal ball pythons. I believe it. <laughs> at least once a week. So Luke from Lizard Morph said he had a guy agree to buy a lizard off him. Then another person sent the photo of Luke's lizard to him, asking if they should buy it. <laughs> I saw that on Facebook this week. So Luke was like, nope. <laughs> so yeah, so he canceled the transaction because the guy's trying to sell an animal he doesn't even own yet. Yeah, no kidding. Um, yeah, well, we had someone buy a ferret from us, like, you know, talking about her son and parents wanted, you know, her dad wanted it so bad or whatever. And then <laughs> had it posted two days later. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, but we were selling them. If you wanted to buy them, buy them. <laughs> Don't make up this huge sob story, you know? Yeah. Like, Darren says he's been to Lee and Amanda's website and didn't think the prices are outrageous. I agree. I agree. Because I remember when I got into this hobby over 20 years ago, Panther Chameleons were fucking expensive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they've come down, actually. It's kind of crazy. Yeah, you, you can now own. Because I always remember thinking, I can't pay $700, $600 for an animal that I'm not going to breed and that's only going to live five years. I can't do it. But now they're a little easier. Plus, they're easier to take care of. I say easier to take care of. There's better more research out there now. Yeah, there's better better products. People can walk you through the process. The readies can walk you through this. So, yeah, it's it's a different world now when it comes to stuff like that. Uh, Jake Hole said he, uh, for his answer, how much they or very similar animals are being sold currently on Morph Market? Again, going back to Morph Market. Being newer in the hobby, this is the best way I can figure out, uh, figure in order to not totally be often left field. Second thing I consider when setting the price is knowing the quality of how I've been keeping my animals. 
husbandry one way is uh that we breed our own rats and we make sure so he has his own feeders and he makes sure the health of the feeders are good too um you know and we've talked about before when it comes to like so newer people in the hobby want to price their we'll go with ball pythons because there's a million people on a show you know? oh, yeah. well that's what most people start out breeding they're easy to breed they're you know on the cheaper end and well there's nothing really wrong with them they're just common they'll set up from across from a well-established ball python breeder and wonder why their snake of the exact same genes can't sell for the same price as the person across the way. Right. Cause, cause I've never heard of you, man. Yeah. It's, okay. there's another thing. Granted, some of these animals, the lineage isn't, isn't that important, but the name behind the person that bred it is important. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, yeah, your, your snake, as much as you think that snake, because that person is selling theirs for that price. If it's your very first, clutch or litter yours probably aren't going to be worth that much i mean y'all remember I mean, y'all are all have been in this industry long enough you, greg graziani yeah mm-hmm. um you know he used to set up in daytona and i remember seeing him with you know pastel for 10 grand on his table and it's that's what it used to be worth that you know well not only that it's also the out. communication you have with your customers as well how you communicate with them talk to them about care and you know pretty much become that friend with that customer yes it's kind of build your reputation and you can you can put money in your reputation. Well, that's one thing that uh, as this hobby has become more mainstream, uh, you've gotten people that customer service is not the number one thing in their mind. Uh, it's purely making money. Granted in the long run, those people tend to work their way out of the hobby, but in the short, yeah, (laughs) in the short term, we still have to deal with those people. It shows and it's a pain in the ass. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and so it, it just makes it, especially when, again, You've been breeding something for years and you've got it priced at a certain price and they're buying wholesale lots off of somebody who's just trying to get rid of stuff and they're selling it for half the price you would. You know, that um, sucks. I actually had someone comment on one of mine talking about that. Um, you know, They don't want to price their stuff lower than anybody else at the show, even if they already had planned on pricing it lower because they don't want to be that asshole that everybody hates because yeah. they're selling stuff cheaper. Yep. Well, yeah. Uh, so I sell Samboas when I, when I have mm-hmm. them. Uh, and our buddy JT also sells Samboas. At the same shows usually, and I will ask him what his price is, and I'm not going to undercut JT. Like, it doesn't help me or him to do that. You know, if they want to buy it from me, buy it from me. If you want to buy it from him, buy it from him. Uh, But don't don't be the breeder out there. Again, it's tricky because you get so many people in the new that are new in the hobby. Especially right now, they spent all that COVID money, they bought all those snakes, and now they got to try to make money again. They got to try and pay for those snakes. They get the money back, and it's never gonna happen. So they go to a show and they go, oh man, I got to pay 125 bucks for this table. I got to cover this table. I got to cover our food and our hotel. I just got to move animals. So they start cutting prices on stuff. And I'm like, that, that, that doesn't help you in the long run. Because why would anybody think that your animals are quality if you're marking them 50% off? It doesn't help you with anybody else in the hobby, which you really should try to be building those connections with other breeders in the hobby. That's the way to really get, one, to get deals on animals. Make friends. You know, yep. you can make oh, yeah. friends with other breeders. That'll give you far better deals on animals than just trying to talk to them through Facebook messenger. Mm-hmm. That goes back to, I mean, the reptile community, you know, now it's kind of the reptile industry where all these new people are coming in and trying to make businesses, you know, old school, you know, I mean, anyone that's been in this thing 10 years or longer. I mean, it's, it's really is a community. I mean, it used to be everybody helping everybody and, you know, you're going to have a few people trying to cut through, you know, a few different people, yeah. but for the most part, you know, like, I mean, if I call Robert and say, hey, I need a rack, you know, he's going to hook me up with a good deal. And I don't have to worry about pricing because right. it doesn't matter what he charges. It's worth it, you know, yeah. and same thing for any other breeders out there. I mean, it's just, you don't haggle over pricing. You pay what it's worth, you know, and it's worth whatever that breeder thinks it's worth. Yeah, so. I agree. Uh, 
So Darren Watson said, uh, what's your – Sorry, Rachel. I keep saying Robert. You're sitting right there too. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Most people associate the racks with Robert and the snakes with me. Well, you're sitting like dark in a little shadow behind I the bookshelf. I noticed that was really dark over here. In <laughs> and not talking into the microphone. It yeah, keeps moving and anymore. everybody has seen me touch it a million times to bring it back up. Touch, touch what? <laughs> Blow on it. Use your hand. <laughs> that way? Fuse. That way. If you use both hands and then uh, so what did Darren say? Darren said, uh, I said, was your first uh was your first morph market purchase from a big name breeder? He said his wasn't. However, back then I didn't know who the big names were. I was new to the social media side. I, I've bought off of morph market from I guess it depends on what species you're talking about. When it comes to Samboas, I have bought from bigger names than Sambo like big name Sambo breeders, I guess are not the same as saying big name like ball python breeders. Like two. Yeah, there, there's like four. Yeah, it's like uh, but I bought I bought from all four of them. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we breed quite a few too. You haven't bought most yet. <laughs> See, Just, I got now. I got to buy more samples. I have some higher end ones. Yeah. We've got some high end stuff going this year. Hopefully. I've got high end stuff. They just don't want to fuck. Uh, that's my problem. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that is. It's we, the only uh, the cheap. We're working, on, we're working on striped snow paints right now. So. Yeah, I got some paint striped stuff. They're growing up. I've got some albino. And I got some snow stuff. You have and I got, one black Russian. Yeah, we got, we got a lot of, a lot of albino. I got paradoxes. albino paradox regular. I, I got a, they just yeah. the only one that wants to have sex is my regular annery and all of my normal females. My males are <laughs> we can't get ours to stop. My males are breeding hogs. We go in there to separate them and they're still locked up. No, my, <laughs> they're my, wrapping around my, your wrist. My two very <laughs> like, expensive my two very expensive males don't. And then uh I tell you that uh my one snow female striped snow female did breed a couple years ago and then she only gave me five babies, some stillborns, and had some stuff like some slugs that she passed like a day or two later and I thought she was going to die. Uh, she's still yeah. alive. But now I have, I'm like, oh, I'll keep all these babies. I know they're at least head albino. So like, well, they're all anteries. Well, male that one of them ripped one of his hemipenes off too? Yeah, I'm pretty sure that that happened because there was blood on her back. Yeah. I haven't had our Sambos do that, but I have had a red tail do that before. The good news is he stood, should still have one. Yeah. Yep. I was going to say, they only need one, right? I'm hoping because... <laughs> 600 bucks. I need one of those penis, penises like, to, work. to work. <laughs> one of them's got to be something. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so it depends. Like, I've, I've bought boas from people on, on Morph Market that weren't big names, but, like, the great thing about Morph Market is, one, reviews. You have reviews there that you can pretty much trust. Uh, you can see what they have sold in the past. You can see the quality of animals from all of that. And so you can tell if someone's just popping up. Plus, you can weed out the ones who don't know how to take a fucking picture. I'm not buying from you if you can't take a picture, like a, a good picture. Like it's not that hard to take. Everyone's got a a great camera in their pocket now, and if you can't give me one good picture that doesn't show you holding your snake, no shirt on, barefoot, with dirty ass carpet underneath, I'm not I'm not buying that snake from you. Just know that you're stuck with that snake, no matter what jeans hat you have in it, and how important you think it is. That picture of me seeing your stomach. With the snake in your hand and your dirty ass carpet and your feet that need to, like, no one wants to buy that from you. Well, you're back to pricing. I mean, just, you know, those those guys are half price the other ones. I mean, mm-hmm. that's just the way it works. Well, I'm but- particular <laughs> on my pictures. It has to be perfect lighting, you know, great background. Oh, yeah. I've got to do it on the scales for the weights. I do it on the scales so everybody yeah. knows the accurate weight of right when we took the picture. Fucking ball python people are like that. Weights. <laughs> I don't this one. I don't know. Oh, the we weight. Do on everything. We have all of them on, on sandboas, like baby female sandboas oh, for wow. seventy five bucks on Morph Market. What, what, everyone's what? like, "How much does it weigh?" I'm like, "It's what a baby sandboa." So <laughs> the, if you go to Morph Market right now and you yeah. click on uh, the boa, regular boa constrictor, yeah, the very first one is somebody holding it in their car. In the there you go. <laughs> with, 
took that's a picture. That's what I'm buying right there. And there's like a water Shelby bottle snake. and the shifter. The and what, what are the jeans in that snake? Het leopard, pos head albino, het blood. How much they want for oh, it? Two thirty-five. They just bought it from a show. Yep. Yeah. Pos everything. Possible everything. Yep. That's what the, that's what big ball breeders are doing now. Like every snake they produce is possible this, and I'm like. <laughs> I've just never done that. Like, if it's not that, I'm not marking it as that. That's why, like, you could buy I'll corn. I'll tell people that it might be, but, like, I've never labeled a snake like that. It's just not. If I was a corn snake breeder, that would be fun. Because you could buy a corn snake from anybody, and I guarantee there are five genes that are not marked on that deli cup. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, I've got. Right there. Uh, you talk about corns. I just have to read this one for you. It's uh, albino, tessera, het lavender, het motley, het hypo, female. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or your tester, like, that's the one that produced last year. Corn snakes. That's yeah. about it. I had to send pictures of the babies to three different breeders. Like, what are these babies? <laughs> What's well, so like if you were to go to PetSmart and buy a fancy corn, you could oh, definitely yeah. get something pretty neat out of breeding that. You just would have to know what to fucking breed it to, because you don't know what seven genes are hidden inside that thing from the breeder who got a normal and went, ah, we're gonna wholesale this shit. When I that's put what stuff say, on 10 morph- years ago, it was just corn snakes. Like it was, yeah. there wasn't, yeah. you know, all these yeah. different breeds. So when I put stuff on Morph Market or take photos, so we've done that with the leopard gecko. We bought one oh, from Petsmart and it was now. a blizzard. Yep. Oh, yeah. And I just bred it this last year and it's a blizzard max snow. Nice. <laughs> when I take pictures for like Morph Market, I bet I take 20 to 30 pictures of that animal. Yeah, we took a ton. And yep. go through and pick ones. which oh, one. Oh, I do. Yeah. I've got, like, so I've got my light booth set up. I've got, I use, I went and bought a nice, like, tile uh, slate tile from like mm-hmm. oh, Lowe's so all of my pictures like the, you know if I post a picture online because it's the same background on everything so we yep. just got a light box and I'm going to put a logo to put behind it so. see that's awesome too I've got a I've got a logo the app I use to edit my pictures I've got it in there as a sticker so everything that logo goes on every picture I take and yeah. I put it yeah, in there I, I started Ours watermark, has a watermark. Ours, so. yep from, especially from Warpark so many people are just stealing the pictures off there you know? yes, yes they are yes and then they'll try and sell it. it's crazy yeah our local group's got panda pie up every couple months. I'm like, that's nice. <laughs> they, they've done it with my... And now the dark, the, what is it, the Dark Knight Leopard Geckos? Uh, Black Knights. The Black Knights. Yep. Those things are popping up like every other month. They've stolen my photos with my watermark on them and created whole new oh, Facebook pages and tried to sell I remember them. that. Yeah. Yep. That poor kid. <laughs> I called the phone number on it and started like cussing this dude out. And it was, they had, they had spoofed some poor kid in Vegas's phone number. <laughs> and he's <laughs> like, sir, I don't know what you're talking about. And I'm like screaming at him <laughs> in the middle of a show in Austin. I, I do remember <laughs> that. Sitting right next we to had, uh, it's when y'all got Bell. Yeah, we had oh, someone hold one of our. We had an 18 foot retake at the show um, a while back, and someone took pictures of it with their kid. Well, they went home and posted that they were had a retake for sale, but instead of putting the actual retake they had for sale, they posted my snake with their baby. So I had all these people like sending me messages saying this dude's trying to sell my snake and. I was like, why would you not post the snake you're selling? And why would you use yeah. my picture? Like, and you were in the picture. I'm like, I'm standing it. in the picture holding the snake. Like, you can't tell me it's not my snake. You know? like, I just, it's it, so uh, it really starts to, it really starts to amaze you at how little common sense people have when a lot of, it's so like that guy that posts that picture of that snake. I guarantee he goes, oh, it's a great picture. I'm going to sell this. It's a shit picture. You're in your gym shorts sitting in your car with all that shit in your car. I mean, look, they got their oh, newspaper with their Chips Ahoy and shit in the background. Like, that's, <laughs> I mean, like they just opened the tub, took the picture, and closed it. Oh, you know how many people do that? It's insane. Oh, yeah. There's tons of those. But like, the, if you those who me a snake, you at least got to pick the snake up and do a little bit of work. But that's the that. one that will wonder why they can't charge the same price as the big guys. Because you're not even oh, willing to take the snake. Yeah, it's, come on. Uh, you got all kinds of people popping in now. 
Hey, Sam. Yes, we missed you. Skip him. Ignore him. <laughs> Sam is James's dad. Yes. See <laughs> anal, anal side exotics is finally here. Old Canadian <laughs> anal side exotics is here. Uh, so this, this person always posts, and I feel bad because I don't know how to pronounce their name because I don't think they're from the United States. And there's a lot of, there's a lot of consonants in their name. You know who I'm talking about. It's S-J-A-K. I can't pronounce that. Uh, They said, I first check other animals with the same genetics to see what the price is. Again, morph market. Uh, Then I look at the animals itself, how pretty it is. If it's an animal I would rather keep, I price it a little higher than... Than uh than they than the rest, which I've done that yeah. I've done I, yeah, like that. if you're gonna make me sell it, it's gonna have to be worth yeah, me selling it. it. <laughs> I mean, I can't say anything. I tried that at the sh- at this last show in Longview with one of my crusties. I wanted to keep it, but I'm like, no, Still let me let me go ahead and price it a little bit higher. And sure enough, I sold it. <laughs> I'm so mad. I'm like, I should have priced it just a little bit higher. <laughs> than that. We have way too many geckos right now. <laughs> Y'all want crusty geckos? Hit me up. No, <laughs> not here. I tell you, I don't do legs. I'm, I got nothing with legs. So there's, there's, here's one. It's a, a Colombian true red tail. This, they're a brand new ship seller, and they showed to be in Burke, Virginia. It's in an Exoterra with a lock on it. Right, I'm mostly see, scared of let it. Let me see the picture. But then it says pick up local in Texas. So it says Colombian true red tail. Mm-hmm. Well, see, that's confusing right there. Yeah. Because, well, so that's another. So true I've, Colombian red tail. Yeah. So it definitely looks like just a, a, a BCI. Yeah. Well, BI now. Um, that's the thing in, in boas, and I've mentioned it before. People, people get really upset when you call them red tails, which oh man, they they freak they out. Get so pissed off. But I'm like, when I got into the hobby, it was red tails. They're all red tails and true red tail. Like, <laughs> might, no, one's darker than the other. But look like at this, I just say <laughs> my motley boa. Focus. It focused on the yeah, dust my dude boa. Like it's crazy now. <sighs> God, uh, and I get it. You know, surnames and guyanas. You know, they have, well, they're brighter and prettier and all that. But well, like, it always killed me because again, when I got in the hobby, it was red tails red and true red tails. Colombians were red tails, and then the other the, the BCC were yeah. true red tails, and we all right. knew what we were talking about. And I think it's newer people that have gotten to the hobby that they're don't to classify everything. Like, yeah, they don't know that that that's how it's always been. And they're like, that is not a red tail. I'm like, fucker, it may be a Colombian. It's got a red tail. I don't know what to tell you. It's it's red. It's so. I was just like one guy at the has show. Has a red tail, I promise you. Well, I don't like, know. I had My a motley doesn't rosy, have a red tail. Yeah. There was a guy at the show that said, I had a rosy red tail boa. And I'm like, no, rosy boas. That's the 20 football python people at every show. And then yeah. you have your red tail boas or your, your surname boas. The grand like, well, had a huge red tail. I'm like, it was probably your surname. Where, where, <laughs> I was, where I was at this weekend, the grants were right next to me. And John had a display right by where I was, or my computer is. Mm-hmm. And there yeah. was he had a milk snake in there. And yep. I probably had ten people. Is that is that snake poisonous? Mm-hmm. Oh, it's one of the ones that wants you to think it's a coral snake. That snake has yep. no fucking clue what a coral snake. Is. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't. You're right. <laughs> he decided one day like, I'm changing true. my colors. I'm going to yeah. look like that dude. Yeah. All the time. Yeah. Like I said, the, tw- the twenty foot ball python. Oh, it's oh yeah. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not calling Sea Anal Side Exotics Dale. His name is Sea Anal Side Exotics. I didn't. You chose the. You chose the business name Sea Anal Side Exotics. I didn't make it. You did it. That was that was all on you, man. Okay, I, I'm gonna go with Dale. Yeah. I like Dale. That's okay. <laughs> the high road. I'm not. I'll take the low road every time. Uh, Shelby Brown said genetics. That's how they they do it. Um, if an animal I'm placing up has a long track record or lineage to where I know the value based on parents. Again, that goes depending on what you're breeding. Did you just see Jason Miller? Yeah, it goes oh, comment. Yeah, I'm reading all of them. Miller Roberts. Had a dude argue with my wife at a show once that he had a rare boa from Antarctica. Antarctica. <laughs> that would be rare. 
Yeah. That would definitely be rare. I mean, I have I have a snow boa. That could be where it's from. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's what, what makes the snow. You know what it is? The reason she's a bitch is because I'm keeping her too warm. That's it's it. too warm. You got cool she's from Antarctica. She wants to be cold. Yes. There you go. Oh, damn. Oh, my God. Negative 10 degrees. Let's go. Oh, just do the research, you know? Mm. That's it. Uh, Todd Audrey says he, he prices them on how much of a pain in the ass the buyer will be. <laughs> that's, that's, that's a different discussion. That's one yes. way. Uh, Dusty McPherson said he's completely honest. Uh, to be completely honest, he's a loyal person. So prices, in most cases, is not the issue for everyone when buying, um, which which usually isn't for me. I, I can't say it's not. I can't. I'm not one of those be like price is not a is not a problem. Price price is a problem because I don't I ain't got that much money. So like that goes back to what we were talking about earlier. I mean, if you're loyal, you know, and you you know who who quality breeders are, you're willing to pay those higher prices. Yeah. Yeah. I was talking today with someone who's still relatively new but is doing things the right way and he said he just had somebody have him take photos, videos, asked all these questions and then came back with, "All right, well, hopefully I'll have some money soon and then I can buy something." Oh, all the time. <laughs> I hate people like all that. All the time. I get it Let all the time too. Hey, man, can you give me a, Can you give me a, a quote on a custom cage? Here's okay. Well, uh, maybe how about this size? How about this size? All right, well, uh, you know, I'll keep you in mind for the future because uh, I don't have the money right now. Motherfucker, do you really I'm, I'm pretty sure I've done that to you a couple times, though. Uh, <laughs> it's different. No, but you've actually it. bought from me. So yeah. that's different. I've actually bought stuff. I would say we need more baby racks. That's like with Sambo. Did you buy the one you know, from Andy? It is when, when I get my paycheck, will you still have it? I don't know. <laughs> maybe, maybe yeah, not. Maybe I'm not holding it. What's with Sambo is I, I tend to get a very decent picture kind of angled above it so you can see kind of the whole body and everything. Mm-hmm. Don't dare send me a message asking for another picture of a fucking Samboa, baby. It's a Samboa. It, what you see is that's it. There's not oh, something have- hiding on the other side of it that I was like, you know what? I'm not going to fucking show it to you. I'm going to keep that side of the body hidden so you're surprised we had a friend that popped up he had a he had a $25 normal ball python listed on morph market and someone messaged asking for pictures of the parents. <laughs> Oh wow! <laughs> he's like, I'm not, he, he told him, like, you I'm just Google two normal ball pythons and send them those photos. Here you go. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I, I may like, have, I'm not I may have to bucks. name. Now I have to come up with a find a morph that I can name the Icelandic Bjork boa. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck! Goes dad giving you ideas. Um, Elizabeth Caden Nash morph, says she follows the market and uh, goes from there. She uses morph market as well as a reference, which is really again become kind of the standard to use morph market. It's nice to know what everybody else is selling them for. Yeah, it, it it's just it it keeps us from having to guess. You can kind of get a, a range. You I don't have to go. I mean, you can go up or down or right in the middle. It doesn't matter. You know, it, it still gives you an average starting point. and you can figure out where the person lives that you're looking at. It's like, if, do they live in your general area for that price, or are they live in you know halfway across the world? Yeah. For the price and it kind of helps like people like us so we buy out of a collection well you know if i'm buying 20 snakes it might not be 20 snakes that i deal with on a normal basis so i don't even know what they're worth you know so it kind of gives you a starting point to look up like hey what can i actually expect to get out of this you know jason miller said he used to ask for extra pictures until he started selling and then realized what a pain in the ass it is yeah i mean it is easier with camera phones but still i mean like yeah. the, the deal is it, depending on what you're like if you're breeding a sambo a regular sambo one picture one good picture is fine if you're breeding something uh, higher in in pattern and colored, you'll usually take two or three pictures from different angles. Mm-hmm. In well, now that, you're back to lineage, you know, if, if you're breeding something that they want the lineage on, okay, pictures of parents are acceptable, you know. Yeah, but <clears throat> don't like I, I hate the ones that. So if you're selling on morph market, especially like I'm a morph market, and I've had enough sales that I have good reviews and all. 
and I haven't had someone ask me this, but I've had other people have people ask them this, where they go, will you send me a picture of that with today's paper? With the date? Yeah, I've yeah. done that before. I'm like... Um, yeah, let me go. Not, buy I'm not giving you a newspaper. I'll hold it and send you a video or something. Right. Be like, yeah, I, <laughs> I don't have a newspaper. I'm not getting newspapers. But I don't know. I customers get annoyed, and I get it. Some of them don't mean to be annoying, and some of them don't know any better. And it's kind of games out there, and, and, and it's on us in the hobby to try and be scammed. Yeah. Well, it's on us in the hobby to be more I patient with them. But oh, really? It's been, it's been a few weeks now, but. But well, he sent me a picture of a driver's license and everything, and couldn't find out she's got ten different accounts, so it didn't make a difference. Oh damn! Oh wow! <laughs> Miller Ravage says he doesn't even know where to find a newspaper anymore. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that would that's what I'm saying. I'll ask him like, if you want me to tell a dollar bill or a quarter, or you know, pick something random. Like. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so let's go through uh, some of the ones on your page, and then we'll go to uh, kind of talk more about ours. But yeah. so Eric, uh, Eric uh, from yeah, I was gonna say you might know some of these people, and some of them you might not. Yeah, Eric, I know from that's uh, yeah, that's from E squared, right? He yeah. says we all have bottom lines to consider, uh, especially again. This really depends on if you're doing it as a business as well. I, I do it completely as a hobby, so <clears throat> it's going to be different. But uh, he says we all have bottom lines to consider and tr- try and price to reflect that. The biggest issue as a whole facing the industry right now is a lot of people are getting out, so showing up and taking what they can get. Generally speaking, the money has. Classically, always followed the lowest priced vendors because the public will 90% of the time opt for the cheapest rather than the best, which is is true. It, I mean, we see it all the time. You can be $5 cheaper and they're going to go somewhere else. You know? mm-hmm. I mean, if you've sold long enough, you've had this happen to you, and it's possibly the most frustrating thing in the world. Customer comes up, you spend 10, 15, 20 minutes talking to them. They come by a couple of times. They hold the animal. Wonderful. And then you see him walk by with something cheaper later in the show. You're like, motherfucker. Yeah, it's yep. usually something yep. totally different. It's yeah. It's not even the same like, species or anything. I talked to someone, I think it was Rainbow Bows for like 20 minutes. Last Conra. Yeah. Uh, yeah Conra well, that was a different one. That was with the guy. I told him I'd make the deal he wanted. Shook your hand. Shook my hand on it and then went, oh, never mind. I shouldn't. No, he said, let me ask my let wife. Let me ask my wife. And I was like, oh, yeah. there with that one. I'm like, fucker. I agreed to I your logo. I use that excuse a lot, and I promise half the time it legitimately is asking her like if it's okay. But like I lowballed myself. I was like, yes, I'll you go down to your lowball offer. But I've had exactly. some people come by, look at the animal for a while, and I sell snakes, and they'll come back by, and I watch one person come by with an iguana. Mm. Like what the fuck? I had a lady at a show, two shows in a row. I spent like an hour with her, going educating her on how racks work, how to put the mm. temp probe in, how to do this, how to do that. About 30 minutes. She said, okay, well, I'll, I'll be back in a few minutes. I definitely want this one. Okay. About 20 minutes later, I see her like trying to sneak out the door with uh, another rack person right behind her. So I went, I went out and I was like, did you, did you really waste my time and buy some? Well, they were $20 cheaper. All right. Well, you get what you pay for. And I turned around and walked off. Mm-hmm. That's like, there's, you know, some new cages on the market that are half price of everybody else's cages. They're also, they're, they're like, also about 10% of the quality. Yeah. And uh, there's a difference if you're not using half inch PVC. Yeah, know? we learned yeah. we learned our lesson on you know trying to go with a little bit cheaper and hoping for great quality on actually our boa cages. We got really screwed on our, our boa cages. We're actually getting ready to redo all of them. These ones aren't bad. All these are 14 slot that I made myself. But yeah, um, yeah, yeah, our glass cages. Our boa cages. Them. They're they're glass they're glass fronts, and every time you open them, the glass falls out. Oh man! Oh man! Yeah, I've got three different brands of four-foot boa cages, 
and now the only ones I'll do are the ones from Robert. Uh, I yep. like those. I, I tell you, like I lo- I have some from Sea Serpents, and had I not met Robert, I probably would still buy Sea Serpent stuff because I'm not gonna look. No, they have they Chris, have decent stuff. Yeah. Chris makes amazing stuff, but I think Robert makes equally comparable stuff to Chris. But I do have some cages. Well, from I've, already, I've already told well, Jeremy once Robert starts making the display cases, we need to hurry up and get some before <laughs> he sells out of them. <laughs> Just make him cut it, and I'll put it together. But I do have I do no, have other brands. Files and I'll cut it. <laughs> I do have other yeah. brand cages, and I've realized that you know people don't think about the thickness stuff. Those I don't want to say the name of them, but the ones that war that's warped like hell and back because they use thinner stuff on top. Yeah, or like the, the old school melamine racks. I mean, you know, you get water uh, in those things one time and they're done. Well, I love watching someone uh, build one on on the internet and talk about how they save so much money building this. And I'm like, plywood or two by four. Get, get back to me in three months. Let's see how how well your tubs still slide in and out. And yeah. don't get me wrong. Or if school, your snakes aren't sick. There are definitely some old school folks that still use that stuff, and it's like I think like. I think Kathy Love probably still uses, I would imagine, still uses melamine racks and all of it. And it's not like there's anything wrong with it, but there's just, you know, there's better products out there. Now. Yeah. yeah. There's, you got to pay more for them, but, but that also drives, you know, pricing of the animals up. I mean, <laughs> if you're using higher end caging and thermostats and foods and, you know, it's going to be higher, higher pricing. Yeah. Oh, man. So Miller Radovich said he agrees to a, he agreed to a low ball deal once where the gal went around telling everyone the price that he gave her so much that everyone that came to his table asked for that price. And people that paid the normal price came back wanting refunds. <laughs> Jesus. That sucks. That's when you I tell them one that. refund in that situation. <laughs> yeah. That's when you say, well, you should have been better at negotiating. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that mm. would suck. Um, so let's see. The, there's some ones on yours. Uh, Dwayne Kaiser said, I take so much into consideration when pricing, but I guess if I have to narrow it down to one thing, it would be a fair deal. At what price can both parties walk away feeling good about the experience? I don't want to walk away feeling like I've put in the work to offer up the highest quality animal possible and feel like I'm giving it away. Yeah, that, that that's like when I had to sell my, my boas once for way cheaper than I wanted. That hurt. Like it physically hurt. But like, it was that or I'm sitting there all day selling nothing because, again, the guy, a table over with, and I'm not going to toot my horn, but his hypos were not that good looking. But to the general public, if you put hypo boa on a on a cut deli cup, oh, they're all they're all exactly the same. It's a hypo boa. I'm like, but it's not. Like this one's super clean, and that one's dirty as hell. But okay, whatever. Um, so Dwayne, uh, he's with Muddy Water Reptiles. He does ball pythons as well. Fucking so. ball python people. <laughs> <laughs> oh damn! damn. Miller Ever City sold a bunch of eighty dollar rainbows that day. Oh no, I fucked that. <laughs> Miss that one. That's what oh. you should have just packed that one home. Been that show. Oh, that sucks. <laughs> or put them all behind the table and be like, "Well, we're out." <laughs> Sold. And my dad said we need to. Everybody needs to switch to the original Sam and James cages. No one needs to have cages that we built back in the day. Those things <laughs> were. I think that. I think that's some old school cages. I think like, the cages, the wooden cages, were good, and I'm sure they are still in one piece somewhere. Like because they were built to withstand an atomic bomb, but they fucking weighed seven trillion pounds. I was gonna say I had some old wooden glass ones and old Berman retake cages that were made out of wooden glass. They moved from one location to another location to my store in Florida to Mississippi, and then we finally sold them when we moved the second time. Well, these were so I'm not moving these things again. I think these were five by two by eighteen, maybe, and they were three quarter inch birch plywood all the way around. Jeez, mm-hmm. and I mean, you could lay on top of it, yeah. and it didn't bow, didn't flex, nothing, but. Fuck, they, they suck. The first time I got a PVC cage and I was able to just lift it up and put it on. I'm like, what the fuck is this? Where's, this is amazing. So, 
yeah, we'll do wood again. Uh, Darren says, does location of a show ever affect pricing? I'm more likely to run a couple of specials at a show like Longview where they're, I would definitely say like at Longview, the spend per customer is definitely less than say Austin. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so I'm more likely to maybe knock a few prices down on a couple of things. Which we did. We ran sales yeah. on a couple know, hatchling racks. A couple hatchling racks. Didn't sell any of them. We didn't sell them. But, but. Uh, they flew racks. I know they were six quart. I'm talking to the microphone. I am I as close to the microphone if it will I could hear it that time, stay so. put. <laughs> Uh, well, I, I've sold. I'm gonna say if they're the Kluberd ones, go ahead and mail them. <laughs> I've sold at smaller shows, and I've sold at like Tenley. And at Tenley, I I had to make a little bit better deal to sell a snake at Tenley because there's a lot more people there. Yeah, with, I agree. Our smaller shows, our prices see, are I different. I don't necessarily know the show location itself does, but the customer base I think does. Yep. Yes. I guess it's like goes down to location. Yeah. I mean, just different parts of the United States have different income levels, and you know. It's yeah. all, it all varies, I guess. Well, when we do a super show like in ARBC, that's a lot of vendors carrying yeah, a lot of the same more stuff. More competition and less yeah. competition and things of that nature. Um, so, yeah, it's, if you're selling just an, an albino boa, you're probably not going to get as good a price at a show like Tinley, whereas you would at maybe Longview, you know, mm-hmm. where maybe one other person mm-hmm. has them. So that does that does play uh, into it. Um, like I said, I think uh, – the time you put into projects definitely is part of the thing is part of the cost. Um, you know, location, not necessarily just the show, but, um, the location of the breeder themselves too is, I mean, you know, like rats, for example, might cost one price here where we live and another yeah. price in Texas, another price in Florida. And, you know, if you live next to a rodent farm, you can get cheaper, better deals than, you know, someone that's got to get them shipped or whatever, you know? Yeah. So I think, you know, that kind of might play into it a little bit too. Well, the great thing I do like about Morph Market for pricing is you can actually go on and do the filter and you can click what things have sold at, not what mm-hmm. is currently there. Right, what they actually sold at. Yeah, you can find the ones that sold and go, okay, that's what they're selling for. You know, that's like when people find, go to like eBay or something and they go, this thing costs $5,000 on eBay. Well, it's been there for how long? Right. Like it doesn't. That's a, you, you can see when it was posted. You can see how much, you know, equal things sold for. Yeah. And so you can, you can do your own homework there. Um, it, it does keep people from getting ripped off. So that's great. And it does, uh, again, it does balance out the shows. Cause even when we talk to other breeders at a show, we're all checking our phone on morph market. If we have something that's not as common, we're like, man, what do we sell this for? Oh, okay. Yeah. That's what it's going for. Morph market. Now that's what I sell it for. Right. I sold, I sold a rainbow boa this year for, okay, I'm not gonna, I, I'm, I'll, I'll sell numbers. I don't care. I sold one for 500 bucks this year. Uh, which fucking blew my mind that someone gave me $500 for a snake that I, I bought his dad in 2003 for $125. Wow. Someone right. actually said that they're $500 where they're at. Right yeah, in now. Canada, everything's expensive in Canada, but <laughs> they, uh, but they bought it. Like that was the going price that you go on, you go on morph market. There's six, 700 bucks for, for baby Brazilian rainbow boas. That's crazy. It, which, I mean, Dumero boas is the same way now. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's gone crazy. I got most of mine. Barely squeaked under that super high price when they were. I sold just going three in. females, three sub adult females for seven hundred bucks not too long ago. Yep, you can. Everybody can thank uh, Kevin McCurley and Nerd for that. That is, yeah. that is all Nerd that said. Hey, Doom Worlds are now nine hundred dollars. <laughs> yeah, they're not. Yep, for like overnight they went from one hundred and twenty five bucks oh, yeah. to nine hundred dollars. I'm like, that's amazing the yeah, power you have, baby. I was gonna say, and there's 200. some there's some bigger companies that still have that kind of power. You know? Yeah, yeah, they can kind of shift what they want. You know, 
but but also when it comes to the pricing stuff, some people set the price. So like when it comes to ball pythons, obviously Kabilka kind of sets the price, but don't expect to get Justin Kabilka's price for your animal. Yeah, that's you're you're not him. You don't you don't you don't garner the same kind of thing as him. Uh, yeah, Jason Miller Radovich said when he bred Doomworlds, he sold them all for one twenty five to seventy five. Yeah, they were one twenty. They were one twenty five, and rainbows were one twenty five for like a decade. Yeah, they're between Doomworlds of babies were four to five hundred dollars over this past year that I've year and a half. I got oh, one a year and a half ago for two hundred dollars a hatchling. Yep, here's a one a twenty two a, a baby for four hundred. Yeah, and now that's and that's down. Here's up. one for seven twenty five. Yes, yeah, that's. Yeah, the ones that have the more like peach, pinks. coral, pink color to them, they have a tendency yeah, to be higher. There's a pair from last year. I have two to three females that are lighter, two that are really lighter, and one that's a little bit lighter with that high coral, high pink. One you male need to get some of these coral babies made. Pink. Jeez. And uh, one male that's. She is not listening. She's in her own conversation over there. I was having a conversation before <laughs> he started talking. He can talk to himself all day long. Uh, but I'm I was with him. To I'm with him. You need to breed some Doomers, Bowers. Yeah. We are. Look at these prices. Because. Because I want a Doomer's Boa. You have a Doomer's Boa. Yeah, but no, I, I have one Doomer's I have one Doomer's Boa. I have found that you that tend to need two to make yeah, more. That's true. <laughs> uh, Is she ready? Yeah, she's old enough. She is old enough? Yeah, she's, she's, not, she's, she's small, but she's well, old I enough. I have a smaller male that would be fine for her. I would not send you my bigger male for her. Yeah. <laughs> she's too tiny. No, nah, she'll be good. He'd squash her. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh... I wanted to pull up some things from our uh, our Facebook group this week. There were some really interesting things posted on our Facebook group this week. Uh, one I shared was from VivTech, and you commented on it. VivTech has a new light fixture for their VivTech bulbs. Again, if you want to save uh, 15% on VivTech bulbs, code GUMBO22. Just throwing that out there. Code GUMBO22 will save you 15%. But they have a new articulating um, ceramic base uh, um, light, fixture. light fixture that you can put in your cages and run through the you run the wire through the ceramic base and right out the cage and uh, it looks amazing. Nice. So check that out. That's now along with the other five million things that Ryan McVeigh has now come up with through VivTech products. Uh, Ryan and Erica. Ryan and Erica. My bad. I don't want to leave out Erica. I love our light from them so much. The first one we ever got, it changed my beauty's life. I think they call it the in situ, yeah, soil fixture. But they also have it. If you scroll down, they have a screen on it also for another 10 bucks. Really? To keep them from being able to burn themselves on it. That's awesome. Yeah. So, yeah, now now I'd really like to set it up because you can get that to set up a light. You can get their institute camera. <clears throat> yep. So you can actually attach the camera to the inside of a cage, which as someone who, when it gets time for boas to give birth, gets really anal about like walking in like 20 times a day to see if the boa is giving birth. Oh, yeah. I'm going to have to put yeah, a camera we, uh, in. We used cameras inside my retakes when we were breeding them last year. Yeah, cameras cool. cameras are amazing for that kind of stuff. So everybody check out VivTech. Uh, Nathan Holcomb, I'm not going to mention that because who? Or anyways, move past that one. No, nothing against Nathan. Just who originally posted it. Oh, I found this one. Did you see the sea turtle that attacked the shark? No. Yeah, well, I fought back. I fought back. The shark was this big uh, tiger shark was trying to eat the sea turtle, and he kept turning his back so he couldn't get him. And the shark turned for a second, and the sea turtle said, fuck it, and went after him and bit him on the tail, and the shark took off. Yep. Uh, so, like, for a while, you're like, oh, shit, this turtle is totally about to get eaten. And the turtle said, fuck it, I'm coming for you, and then bit him. So, makes you rethink, like, the surviving, how turtles survive in the wild. Sea turtle's got a bad bite. Yeah, no, it's, that's, so here goes in the video, you see, bites him right on the tail, and the shark <laughs> takes off. My uh, father-in-law, accidentally, we were fishing at the jetties 
uh, probably two, three years ago. And he, we were throwing um, rattle trap lures because we were catching Spanish mackerel. Yeah. A blast. And all of a sudden, man, his is like doubles over and he's like fighting. I think he's probably, because it's like slow and staying low. I think he done hooked a big stingray. Yeah. No, he had a freaking turtle <laughs> by the back flipper dragging oh, it backwards. Oh, damn. So we get up there. So I grab it. Dude, that thing almost got me. You. I got bit by a, um, a, a dolphin once. A dolphin? On the foot. When I was a sheriff's deputy, that's gotta hurt. They got teeth. Uh, yeah, that's it had insane. beached itself, and we were like keeping water on uh, it, like telling because we call the dolphin rescue their stranding, whatever marine mammal stranding network, and they're like, "Well, just keep it wet and this and that." Well, I put my foot next to his face, and the fucker bit me, like <laughs> clamped down on my boot. Luckily, <laughs> I had you know it. like combat type boots. Like I swam with those things, but still, Crazy. that shit hurt. Um, <laughs> I just told you how I got bit by a dolphin. <laughs> there you go. See, anal side exotics not listening. Yep. Brian McDowell shared this giant American croc skull they found. Uh, where was it? Somewhere in Central America. I'm trying to read it. Part of it was in Spanish. Anyway, it was a huge uh, American crocodile skull, which is awesome. Okay. This, this video that Isaac shared changed the way I view the world. Have you seen the one that he posted about the um, praying mantis? Yes. So okay. anybody that has not seen it needs Catching to go, the, uh, needs to go over to our our Facebook group, not the page, but the group. And it's a it's a video of a praying mantis catching a hummingbird on a hummingbird feeder and, and you eating think, it and eating it. Like fuck, that was what got me because I'm like, oh, he caught it, but he'll probably let it go. No, they they start, they get to the video and he's just like plucking feathers out eating a hummingbird. That's insane. I've never seen a praying mantis eat a hummingbird, but it it uh, I now rethink. Praying mantises. Yeah. Um, they slightly scare me. And then Nathan also posted a, a range map of the diamondback rattlesnake, the current range map of the diamondback rattlesnake, which saddens me because that's one of my favorite venomous snakes of all time. You just see the areas of where it's no longer found. You know, when I lived in Louisiana. Yeah, it's diminishing pretty quick. Yeah. And when I lived in Louisiana, it was always on the list of like uh, the five venomous snakes found in Louisiana. And, and it was always on there, but you're like, we don't have any. And even this map shows you functionally extirpated from all parts of Louisiana. You, if you want to find them now, you're pretty much going to have to go to Florida, uh, South Georgia, and like Southeast Alabama, maybe part of Mississippi. And that, that's about it. Um, so uh, that's just a, a, just a sad map when you see something like that, something that you know used to be spread, and, and something like that, because that is a huge – if no one's ever seen a full-grown eastern diamondback, it is an impressive yeah. snake to see a seven, eight-foot – Diamondback rattlesnake, they are thick, um, and and they know that they're badass. So that was a that was a sad one to see. Uh, what what did my dad say? Must have been a male hummingbird and the female praying mantis. No, I think this one ate it ass first, so I don't uh I don't think it works the same way. But it did. It was like plucking the feathers out. Oh yeah, it looked like it was going right around its belly area. You know, it was creepy. I I I rethink praying mantises now, and I don't. don't I'm not sure I want to hold one. So, anyways, that was some of the. There were some other things, but those are the ones that really stuck out from this past week. Uh, they got posted. There's one apparently of a blue tongue skink going crazy. I missed that video. Uh, oh, this one was from around Houston. Did Did you show this one, Robert? The turtle one. Yes. That one. I don't remember what it was, but I I did share it. It was the Turtle Survival Alliance. They were in Houston. They were oh, catching uh, alligator snappers. alligator snappers. Yeah, they and then a couple of days later they posted some more. They they actually caught some first time. Those were all repeat catches. Oh, wow. And they caught a couple first time that were like big adults that 
you know, they had never seen before. That's it's all awesome. up in Spring Creek, which is a small little creek that's so, kind of land. So me, is, is it illegal to eat them in Texas? Yes, they are protected in Texas. They are because they are not protected. They're, they're, they're protected most places no. not in louisiana because in louisiana like if, if it if it moves you can eat it pretty much uh Yuck. now there are i think you have to have a fishing license and it's like one per vehicle per person per day uh which when you do the math is a shit ton of fucking turtles but there's not that like you hear stories uh from old timers in louisiana about how they used to be able to go down ditches and just like scoop them up out of ditches left and right you you can't do that anymore there's look at those claws on what on that turtle oh yeah alligator snapper oh they're they're massive i don't know if y'all have ever actually dealt oh yeah them. yeah i've taken care of, i was a zookeeper for a while so I, we had some they're great our facebook page got some photos of our old ones that's why when you're like okay this alligator snapper i have to grab it like this yes this is a regular snapper i have to grab it like this mm-hmm. otherwise the consequences are gonna suck yep. oh yeah yeah you cannot grab a regular snapper from behind the head no they can be you can enough. you can yeah, go ahead and try you can go ahead and try yeah so the that we'd always get the, and, and this is bad, and people are going to hate me, but I used to grab regular snappers by the tail. And I get it. I could hurt them. But if you've ever seen what a snapping turtle can go through and survive, that's not even close to the worst thing that could happen to a snapping turtle when you grab it by the tail. I mean, I've seen so many missing legs and chunks of that. That is probably the toughest animal on earth, the alligator snapping turtle, or just common snappers because they're fucking everywhere. But, uh, yeah, I mean, they have crack shells, bullets, it doesn't matter. Oh, yeah. They just keep going. But alligator snappers, the other problem with them is you can't, when you hold them, you can't turn. Like, you want to because you're lifting 60, 70, 80, 90 pounds with one hand way out in front of you and another one back here on the back end. And you're like, oh, it'd be so much easier if I could just hold it up against my body. But at that point, it could turn and bite your arm or your face. Mm-hmm. So you're like, you have to hold it way out. And it's, but they, uh, they, they, they are crazy. I saw a thing once, it was a thousand pounds per square inch when they bite. So, what? Her phone. Started ringing. Yeah, I'm gonna step out just because it is one of my children. Uh, your kids are okay. You got two of them. Yeah, it's the grown one. She's on her way. <laughs> Something happens to one. You got the other one. Sure. Um. So, anyways, <clears throat> I, I think we've we. You all right, Robert? Just had a chill. <laughs> Shook over there for a second. She's walking away. He's scared. Yeah, she's driving. She just left work. That's why she's calling. <laughs> so, I, again, going back to the question when it comes to pricing, uh. You pricing for you is different because you're obviously I think going to price something you breed different than something you wholesale that you bought wholesale and you're reselling right. Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely. And then you're now you're down to you know we also sell wholesale so yeah you know we sell to other breeders as well so it's um yeah it's kind of all just factors in and goes back like <coughs> add in location and costs and personal pride too I guess you know like we're talking about lineage and quality and everything else. Yeah, and then, like it was said in one of the comments, you know, uh, I think it was Eric, big issue is people getting out of stuff right now and selling it so cheap, which really hurts the people that are not, though, that are, you know, they're trying to market them at market price. And, again, for some of these animals, the general public will buy it. But then, again, they'll buy this animal cheap, and then it'll die, and then they'll and then they'll be off of reptiles forever. They're like, reptiles are hard to take care of. I'm like, well, no. Yeah, so, like... I mean, going into like, you know, we do a lot of personal pets. Like a lot of the stuff we sell goes to first time reptile buyers. And we try to talk them out of the cheapest ones because that's not what's always best for them. You know, um, we had a whole bunch of baby Solomon Island ground boas at the show. And I'm like, that's not what you want for your first snake. You know, it's just not, not a good starter pet, you know. Um, but they're cheap. They're cheap. <laughs> and I have a ton of them if you want any. Um, and, you can, the, um, and you can buy them pregnant too. Yeah. 
Um, but you know, it's just, it goes back to if you're buying something your first time, you want it to be a good experience, not a bad experience. And that's with reptiles or anything across the board. So you've got to make sure that they have the good experience with you as a breeder, but also the experience of the animal, you know, kind of fitting the right animal with the right person. Yeah. So. But speaking of that, yeah. anybody coming to Conroe needs to buy Sambo's from me. <laughs> I need to. Okay. Well, technically they have to come see me. That's true. Come see, come see Rachel uh, and buy Sambo's from her. Which means they got to come see me because I'll be the only one at the table. You're going to be at the podcast table the whole time. That's right. That's right. My my dad, the the best first snake is a rainbow boa. I can tell you from firsthand experience that is not true. I did it and it survived. That's a fucking horrible first pet. Yeah. Don't start with that one. Don't do it. Yeah. Corn snake, ball python. No, the, the, the problem. Corn balls, sandbows. I mean, sandbows. I always say sandbows are great. I, I, usually the kids. I'm like, here, it's small, it's easy, it's durable. You know, it's it's a good snake. And if it's a male, you can put it in a ten to a twenty gallon tank for its entire mm-hmm. life, and it won't. It's, yeah, you don't worry about it. I was laughing. People were like, "Yeah, but they hide all the time. How do you see it? Well, you pick it up. I don't. What are you talking about? How do you see it? Right. I was like, we open the tubs that ours are in, and they come right up to the top. As a matter of fact, the little genetic yeah, stripe anery female my son has. She lives with her nose at the corner, so as soon as you you open, need to talk into the microphone at your hand. Out, my hand touched my nose because my nose was itching. <laughs> I thought I was going to sneeze, and I didn't want to sneeze in the microphone. See, I thought I was the only one with Sambo is that we're half retarded and don't bury much. <laughs> oh no, that one little female, she is always half buried, but her nose is sitting right in the very top corner. Well, like so many people will talk about, well, I have a ball python. I see it all the time. I'm like, well, you know what? Give it a true like mound to climb down into and hide. And then you'll tell me how often them. you'll see it. You see That's it. What, I mean, the whole hide thing. Like everyone's like, "Oh, you have to have a hide for it." Well, I mean, number one, a rack system is a hide. It's a dark area they feel secure. Yes. But yeah, I mean, if you give them a hide, you will never see that snake again. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I've always that's why I, I, I don't give a, ra- a hide to like my sambos in a rack because I'm first off mm-hmm. they're gonna bury under the bedding mm-hmm. in a dark yeah. tub. They're in a hide. Yep. We're good. already in a built-in hide. Um, <laughs> that, that's one of those where people want to yeah. argue hide. They want to argue racks versus cages. I'm like, own Samboas. Racks are amazing for Samboas. If you haven't done that podcast, yes, podcast about that, we didn't do one there too. Oh, we. I think we. It's been we've done it a while back, Aging. and it's that's always. I, I don't know. I think it's gotten. A, I say it's gotten <laughs> it's a little not better. It's, uh, it also goes back to I think it depends on the individual person and their home environment yeah. on what works better for them. Well, and and the snake right like. In the snake. I mean, don't get me wrong. There, there are lots of folks that keep ball pythons in too small of a tub. Oh, definitely. Like, you know, a V70 tub is a great size tub for an adult ball python. But some of the sweater box tubs they'll keep them in. I'm like, and they'll keep a full grown adult in that. I'm like, that that's the size of a hide. You're keeping it in the size. That's what I'm saying. You put a four foot ball into a three foot tub, it's not good. <laughs> right. Yeah. So. Then, so. That, that, that is where it comes down to, you know, a box is a box. We've said it before. A box is a box. Whether it's a tub or a cage, it's still a box. You know, we had, uh, we had someone argue with us that we're abusive because we use rack systems, that it's much I better all to the time. put them. Well, the argument, though, was that it was better to put them in a tub with a heat pad and stack them on the ground instead of using the rack systems. how does that even make sense you're like just because that's the way you do it doesn't mean that it's the best way to do it jesus people i would rather than be on a shelf that i can slide in and out instead of stacking them on the ground i get probably three or four times a year i will get unsolicited messages from some random person telling me how horrible i am for building racks because it's there's this guy in canada who's got his own group who 
claims he can train a black milk snake for to help you with <laughs> mental disability. Oh, he, that guy. He has to know which disability is so he can tailor the training for the black milk snake. Nice. Um, okay. Yeah, he also has a GoFundMe up. It's now uh, he changed it. It's no longer three million. It's now two hundred thousand. It's the, the emotional uh, support snakes and like different things. Yeah, no, for. different make, species could be wants trained. He to make hides and stuff to knock Zilla and Zoomet out of business, but his hides look like a hunk of dog shit. Um, <laughs> Good luck on knocking those yeah. guys out of business. They're um, they're small. Yeah. They're, uh, <laughs> they're they're small companies. Right? But yeah, I get those um, three or four times a year. I'll get that you're terrible for building racks and blah 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 blah. And, I just usually say, well, you can go fuck yourself and then block them. <laughs> well, like, so Luke says for his blue, his blue tongues, and I've seen this a lot. People put them in tubs all the time. Again, yeah. the size tub. He's got hides and cardboard tubes and top pipes. I mean, he's not putting them in a shoebox, right? An adult's not going in a shoebox without the ability to yeah. turn around. So, yeah. We used to, um, we used to bearded dragons and we used to essentially use rat racks for the bearded dragons because you can put the heat and the UVB on top of the, the mm-hmm. wire and bigger tubs and, but it was the same concept. It was a big tub that you would slide in and out. It's just it's easy to clean, easy to deal with. They feel safe and secure, you know? Yeah. You know, I use cages for my big boas because that's, you're talking five, six, seven, eight foot snakes. I want them to be a, a, a tub at that yeah, size. Yeah, we use for our adult boas. We use, you know, PVC displays. Yeah, I, I had, I did have some Christmas tree tub racks for boas at one point and, and they were fine. It's just those tubs are kind of a pain in the butt because they have like edges where urates get stuck and then they're not mm-hmm. very deep front to back. Right, those things are yeah, about a foot front to back, and so when you're talking about an eight foot boa, that's just not enough room a foot front to back. Um, Luke said three by two, no lights, just cord, but clear tub so they can see day and night for his mm-hmm. blue tongues, and that's a good size. I mean, that's three by two is a good size floor space for a blue tongue, yeah. right? Oh yeah, because if you you're look not at talking about a huge lizard here, I mean that that's bigger or about the size that's bigger than a forty gallon breeder tank, and everybody thinks that's a huge tank, mm-hmm. right? So. I don't know what size our blue tongue was in. It was a 50. Is it a 40 breeder? Big, 40 breeder? I yeah. I thought 40. it was bigger than a 40 breeder. It was, I don't remember. Yeah, 40 breeder. It was a, it's a 40 breeder. It's yeah. sitting on my back porch right now. Say, it's on the back <laughs> porch. Next to two other 40 breeders are the exact same size. But it's but, the same. Well, I guess we got to stack up in the garage. So. Like I need to bring the, get rid of those things. Yeah, but it's funny. You show someone a 40 breeder tank, mm-hmm. and you show yeah, someone a, a tub with the same floor space for an animal that doesn't need a ton of climbing room, right? Mm-hmm. And they'll tell you the tank is a better option when, I mean, it, first off, you're going to have a screen lid on there. So humidity is a nightmare. The mm-hmm. risk of breaking the tank, they're hard, a pain in the ass to clean. Like well, glass doesn't hold heat or humidity or anything. Like it's, mm-hmm. you know, if it's cold in the room, it stays cold. If it's hot, it stays hot. And they it's can fine. be seen on all four sides of their cage, which is also, yeah, there's can no be darkness, stressful. There's no security, nothing. I mean, it's, so. yeah, I'm not a fan of glass things. I do have my sail fin in a glass tank right now, but it's in the middle of the reptile room. So. I have my Euromastics in a glass tank. and uh, stays dark, stays warm. The only thing in my house now that's in a glass tank is one beard, my daughter's bearded dragon, and our box turtle. But that's going to change soon. These uh, emerald skinks back here are in a glass tank, but once we get cages built, they'll go in PVC cages. Um, yeah, I try to get away from I'm glass my, tanks. My caiman's in a glass tank, my sail fin's in a glass tank, and poison dark frogs, I think, are bioactive up front. <clears throat> fancy poison dart frogs and their bioactive enclosures yeah that's another I'm one i'm trying to get rid of those things since we got them so <laughs> that's what uh, luke, luke said glass is only good for bioactive geckos yeah yeah for bio it's great for bioactive stuff you know but when they're heavy yeah it's just they're, they're hard to clean because you go to pick it up and if you, you try not to drop it <laughs> and like a 40 gallon is not the most uh easy size tank to 
carry around and clean. Yeah. Especially if you live in a house like this where it's two <laughs> floors. And if you're trying to get downstairs to like spray it out with a water hose or something, mm-hmm. you're probably going to break something. Yeah, that's what I'm worried about when we transfer our daughter's bearded dragon. We got to unpack that bioactive tank before we even try to move it. Is that upstairs? I haven't, it's upstairs. It's in Lily's bedroom, yeah. So I've never seen it. Put it on a piece of cardboard and slide it. I think I'll probably make them <laughs> scoop all the dirt out into a bucket to haul it out because mm-hmm. I'm not doing it. It's not my bearded dragon. It's hers. <laughs> so. I know we're from hot to cold in here. I feed it. And um, I make sure I'm it good. stays alive. I like cold. <laughs> but so what uh what are your big breeding plans this year? Um like I said, I've got albino red tails are one of the bigger ones I'm going. Um I should have some snow or at least exanthic and albino hog noses. Um I'm trying for the second year in a row on a Madagascan giant hog noses. If those things breed, I'll be happy. Um How many how many mad hogs do you have? I've just got one pair. And only one the pair. Giants, you don't have the other ones? I've got Westerns. No, I don't have any of the other ones. Just the Giants. Um, I'm not a fan of the other ones. I don't know why I don't like the way they look. I like I like the Giants better, too. Yeah. The giant, I mean, I've got my male. I pull him out right now, but he's like six and a half feet. And it's insane. Oh, wow. Well. I've never he's seen by, a snake eat as fast as a giant mad hog. Yeah, he's by far the biggest one I've ever seen. Um, we got a bunch of Cresties going, a bunch of Gargoyles. Like I said, we're trying to do leeches if I can find a male. Um, I think the about it. I mean, leopard geckos and corns and kings. And, See, leeches, that's another one that scares me. Breeding something that costs that much that could kill each other. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, and they, I was going to say, they hate each other. Like, it's, you have to put them in there and hope they don't die. Yeah. And I'm, I'm trying to find a male right now, and I guess all the breeders are having the same problems. Like, there's not enough males right now. Because <laughs> so the females have killed them all. In case you're wondering at the shows, everyone's got females for sale. Um, no one can get a hold of males right now. So. <laughs> that's a funny problem, because that's normally not the opposite of the it's issue. It's the exact opposite with every other species. Yeah. I mean, it's but, insane. I like I like Leeches. Again, that, that kind of falls into that range of I can't bring myself to own something that expensive yep. that I can't we, then uh, turn around and make money off of. And I know that sounds bad to certain people, but like I'm the same way though. Like I mean, it's an expensive lizard. You know, we got a few in on a trade, and I was like, all right, you know, it's a good deal. We'll do it. And uh, then we bought one, and now all three of them turned out to be female. So <laughs> I mean, don't, they are very cool. If you've ever wanted to own a Chihuahua that looks like a gecko, go for it. Yeah, I mean, they're huge. Like, it's ridiculous. That's why I love when Carl brings his leeches to shows from South Tex Gex. Uh, mm-hmm. They're amazing. That's actually where uh, two of mine came from, Carl. Yeah. The, uh, if you own a leechy and you then hurt shows, you probably at least got one from Carl. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was like, yeah, I love two, it when he Two of our three came from him. Um, and then one came from a breeder out of Slidell. Um, matter of fact, that was getting out of it and selling them cheap. <laughs> wow. But uh, <laughs> when I say cheap, it was, I think it was still like seven or 800 or something, like something crazy. But see, that's when we go back to price, you know, I look at the price on Carl's stuff and in my mind, I go, man, that's too much. But I know it's not too much. It's too much for me to spend. It's not too much for the animal. So I think that's one thing people need to see when they go around to show. Well, now you're looking at the seller's perspective. I mean, it's, you know, what is the seller willing to actually buy or the buyer? I mean, what is the buyer actually willing to buy something for? And, you know, what I pay for something might be different than what y'all pay for something. (laughs) Well, I think people need to understand when you go to a show and you see prices and, and they're high to you. That's not the animal's not priced high. It's priced higher than what you're willing to spend. Right. There's a right. difference. Right. Certain animals look, those leeches that Carl has, and he doesn't even I mean, I haven't seen some of the ones that are really high end, but the the pinks and greens on some of those that he had, I can't remember. Look them up on Morph Market right now. If you haven't looked them up recently, go ahead. They're uh they're insane. But again, they're worth it from him. They are worth it. Mm-hmm. Or like his uh 
his iguanas that he does, oh, those things. Banana pectinatas. Spiny tail iguanas. I remember when those things, the spiny iguana, you know, those used to be so cheap. And uh, they're another one that's gone way up lately. People realize that they don't they don't suck like uh, green iguanas, and now they everybody wants them. Well, and they also used to be imports, you know, mean as hell, and now they're starting to captive breed them and getting actual some calm ones, like Tokay geckos. I mean, Tokays are making a comeback. Who would have thought that? Yeah, fuck that. I no, I've been around. I see those things that shows like captive bred Tokays, and I'm like, holy crap! Like, I can't. I've been around long enough to go, nope, that's not happening. I mean, back like when we first started this, I mean, Tokays were what you would buy just to release in the room to keep the roaches and stuff down. You know? Yes. Yeah, that's that's nope, not doing it. But what was the other one? Uh, something else I saw. Well, you recently. sent a picture today of a giant uh, tiger rat that someone had, right? Mm-hmm. He was giving it away. Yeah. Really? really? Mm-hmm. Did yeah, he mess? You don't see those very often. Uh, yep. We just came across a few bamboo rat snakes. You don't see those very. Oh, often. Oh, those are cool. Yeah, we we got one left um, for sale, but um, you know we try to deal with a little bit of common stuff and a little bit of rare stuff, so. I was trying to find where lychees are posted on on Morph Market, but I'm uh, they're under. Um, they're not under crested geckos. I clicked on that. That's not where they're at. I want to say they're under Caledonia. See, I went to lizards, and uh, I went to categories. Oh, they have their own. So they're not they under. Have they have their own gecko category. That's what threw me off. I'm like, they're a lizard. Why aren't they? Yeah, yeah, they're they're listing their own species. I'm dumb. I but I mean, there's some up there like three grand. It's, it's crazy. <laughs> And again, I mean, it's crazy for me. I mean, obviously, it's it's worth it for someone. Yeah, like I said, you got it. Just looks hot from my perspective, from what I would pay. Yeah. But man, they are cool looking. I just can't bring myself to do it. Oh, they're they're gorgeous. And I mean, if if I had the money, I'd probably drop it. You know. But. So, anyways, <laughs> my dad said, "Aren't Tokays known for eating your face off?" Yes, yes, yes they are. They're horrible. One <laughs> bite at a time. And and they and they I still. I've actually do. seen some. I've seen some tame ones popping up lately. Though. Well, that's the problem is. You'll find someone with a tame one, right? And they'll post videos or stuff of them online and holding it's great. Everybody's like, I want a toke. Yeah, that's the same as like posting a calm green iguana. Look at that lovely calm green iguana. That's not the rest of them. That yep. you're looking at an outlier. You're not looking at the that whatever the one's gonna be like. So So a toe case it's not something you can just handle and it relaxes eventually. I, look, oh yeah, go ahead. Okay. I'm I'm sure there's the someone sitting there it, right now the going the calmer it gets. <laughs> I'm sure someone's sitting there right now going Yes, they are. I've done that. Oh, Good for you. Uh, but I've seen way more tokes that want to just kill you. I was like, they all want to kill you, in my opinion, just from what I've seen. But I don't know anything about them, really. Plus, taking the bite from one. It is a strong bite. From, oh, yeah. You're way unexpected. It's, okay. it's crazy. I mean, we did watch Sandbowl. one vendor at a Conroe. But they have a stronger bite than you'd expect. Yeah. yeah. We did watch a vendor at a Conroe get bit on the nipple by a toke. <laughs> that was... Uh, on purpose. On purpose. Yeah, we, all we had to do was. I, we didn't, so. I can't imagine. I guess I missed. We this. didn't even have to bet him like any money. We were just like, "Hey, do it." He did it. I was like, well, "I wouldn't have done that free. I wouldn't have done it for money either." But they bit him on the nipple, and uh, he still had a nipple afterwards. Luckily, um, that was going to be my next question. It was still still there. It was Joe Challoner. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I forget who was holding. Uh, Bergoli was holding. Bergoli. Yeah. What was on Jackass where they had the alligator bite him? Or the one where they had this, the Amazon tree boa bite his dick. That one, yeah. What? That was in like the second or third movie. Yeah, like right at the beginning. That was the intro scene. Yeah, they, they dressed it up. They put it through a glory hole basically into a tank. And they dressed it up as like a mouse. And they had a string attached to it to wiggle it around. And this Amazon tree boa just lit it up. 
Oh my god! What but that was also that? when Steve-O was doing a lot of drugs. Yeah, and uh, and Pontius was doing a lot of drugs, and now they don't. Yeah, no. So, so side comment: My uh, daughter will sit on my lap and laugh her ass off for all of the Jackass shows. And <laughs> not because I'm laughing; like she will sit there and die laughing every time someone gets hurt. Well, see, it's it's funny now watching myself from laughing. Cause like, well, watch him now when they're older. Like, like Steve-O is now sober, and to watch him like talk when he's sober, he realizes how stupid shit is now. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's not willing to do everything. <laughs> so he won't do anything anymore. <laughs> you know, and Johnny Knoxville now looks like he's seventy. Mm-hmm. He's like full gray hair. Steve and- has a great podcast now, though. Does he? Oh, it's great because he's very open about his drug use and whatnot. Because he's sober now. He's been sober for a while. For a while. I mean, very clear. I, and- I think most of them got clean. Yeah, they got old. Well, they either died or they got clean. Ryan Dunn did, but yeah, he got killed. Yeah. Yeah, I think the only one that's still having problems is Bam. Right Bam. There. Yeah. That's why they've kind of cut him out of everything. Mm-hmm. He was he supposed was in to- that big the skateboard scene, though. I mean, it's, you know- well, okay. he was supposed to be in the last movie, and they kind of cut him out of all of it. When I was in college, uh, two of my roommates were from Dana Beach, or Dana Point, which is in Orange County. They were both really big in the skateboarding scene. One of them still to this day, that's all he does. For a living, he makes skateboard videos and does really well for himself. The other one was he was a professional bodyboarder. Um, and they knew all they, back then they were called CKY. Can't kill yourself. Oh yeah. Before they became jackass the jackass and, uh, uh, Brandon D Camillo, <clears throat> who's the goofy looking redheaded dude. Yeah. Um, he used to come hang out a lot and those guys were, I didn't like it because I don't like unpredictable people. You never knew what them fucking guys were going to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, we'd be like at the beach. Yeah, and like, hey, let's go that. jump off that cliff. That's 50 feet up under the sink. Yeah. I'll, I'll stay down here and watch. See, that's, I think I got someone who's never done drugs, but I think it's much easier when you're 20 mm-hmm. and high yeah. to think that you can't die. Right. It's much different now when they're 50 yeah. and everything hurts <laughs> when they wake up and they're sober and they realize, yeah. like, well, fuck that morning. shit. Yeah. I might See, be I rich, but I can't walk. And I just can't do it anymore. Yes. John, it's amazing that you look at like Johnny Knoxville has an acting career now. Like, yeah. he, like he, there was a, he had a show on uh, Hulu. that's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just odd. I loved him in, uh, Walking Tall. Yeah. When uh, I'm, I'm going way off topic. I don't care. But the, my, my favorite scene is when they, uh, they're they tearing apart the truck. <clears throat> and he's just pretending to drive. Like, it's fucking hilarious. Anyways. <laughs> All right. So let's, let's let's wrap this up. For now, we're talking about Jackass. Um, <laughs> so, Always. Jeremy, if they want to reach out to you uh, and see what you have and check that out, what, what's the best way for them to get a hold of you and check all that um, out? They can check us out on Facebook, TikTok, Instagram, and, you know, any of the normal stuff. Um Facebook's got our business card on there. Our phone numbers are on there. TikTok. So if you want to reach out directly, you can. And you're, TikTok, and you're located around Jackson, yeah, Mississippi, we're out, right? right? outside of Yeah, right outside of Jackson, Mississippi. So um, I'm, I'm we're, be- uh, we're pretty central to just about everything. We make trips down to the coast a lot. So if they're in North Louisiana, you know, that's easy for pickup. Of course, we ship as well. We're on Wharf Market. Uh, we're pretty wide open. I talk so. shit about Australia. I'm going to be nice and try not to talk shit about Jackson, Mississippi. Oh, you can talk as much as you want about Jackson. I don't live it's in a, Jackson. It's We're a shithole. So I, I do want to say. I think it's like murder. Ca- I don't know if it's number one or like, but it used to be number one murder capital. Jeez. I can see that. I can see that. Our friend Blake Wilson is in Zimbabwe right now. I saw him walking through tall grass where a guy <laughs> had a gun. crazy. Yeah. Yeah. He said it's straight. Stay strapped. Get clapped out here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jackson's the same thing. You better be strapped or Good else. point. Or get clapped. That's right. <laughs> I, I I grew up a large part of my life in Mississippi, not near Jackson, Mississippi, but uh, yeah. It, it's a, <coughs> although you moved from Jack, well, you moved from what Jacksonville. Yeah, so we, used 
yeah, we used to live in Jacksonville, Florida. Uh, we lived born and raised there my whole life. And then uh, I got deployed a few years ago. We shut our pet shop down in Florida and about halfway through deployment, we decided to move up here with my wife's family. So we came up here and uh, we had, we had like eight animals. When we moved just personal pets and we kind of grew and started over again. So my, my we, dad, uh, my dad, we're going to stay out of the reptiles and focus on family. And you see how well that goes. My dad's coming to visit in March from Alabama and he says that he's going to be driving through Jackson in March. He's going to haul ass through Jackson. Oh, oh yeah. March? Stop. Yeah. When for spring oh, break. So my birthday. Oh, okay. he'll be here. Sam will be here for my birthday. He, dinner. he and my mom are riding down the motorcycle. Cool. So. Yeah, I get to meet your mom too. Yeah, I was the same. I get to meet She'll your mom. She'll be here. Uh, we got to play cards against yeah, humanity. We got family. We still have family in Florida and Alabama, and we go up to Tennessee and Arkansas, and Louisiana, Texas, so. and well, Texas. Yeah. so talking about him having to drive through Jackson and haul ass through. Last time he was here, he drove through South uh, South Houston. Like, yeah. went to South Houston. And he got home. I was like, yeah, you you shouldn't do that next time, right? Well, it wasn't bad. South Houston. It was Sunnyside. Yeah, which is south side of Houston, but there's an actual city S- of south, south Houston, Houston yeah. which is not great either. Yeah, but yeah, he's like, yeah, I was on Yellowstone, and I'm like, holy shit, you survived. Good job, man. <laughs> y'all are from y'all are from Texas. I don't know how bad San Antonio really is versus what it looks like, but uh, we went to SeaWorld in San Antonio last year and got involved in shooting in the mall. So oh shit, that was fun. yeah, <laughs> I was like yeah, great family vacation. Yeah, that sounds like San Antonio. We're not going back to San Antonio to see world this time. <laughs> we're going <laughs> no. we'll back to Orlando. <laughs> yeah, go to Orlando or go to San Diego. Yeah. Probably is at this point a big city. There's like a shooting in a big city ever. Although people, other, other countries I'll talk about, yes, we have a lot of shootings, but we're also bigger than the other countries. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, yeah. like Texas, I mean, Texas yeah. alone is bigger than most other countries. Right. Yes. right. So it's a little skewed when it comes to numbers. But the good thing is we all have guns, so, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just, just shoot back. Mm-hmm. That's you know, Australia. Y'all, y'all just upset they all can't carry guns. They have knives, right? <laughs> they that's that's not a knife. <laughs> Where was it? France or somewhere is outlawing knives. Like Great Britain. Why? Are they really? <laughs> yeah, you can't carry a knife on your person. What it, the? Fu- it's not the whole country. <laughs> Well, because they had a huge epidemic of stabbings. <laughs> so, yeah, wow. was, they outlawed guns, and then everyone was getting stabbed. I just feel like yeah. Scotland's like knives. That's fine. We got swords. Swords don't count, right? Right. We still carry swords. Just carrying broad swords down the street. It's not a knife. Yeah. It's yeah. It's my it's my uh, emotional support sword. <laughs> but so check out Jeremy and uh, and he probably has knives. So he lives near oh, yeah. Jackson. So he's probably. Guns, all. I'll say he lives near Jackson. He's got guns. He's got to protect all the snakes. Uh, Quite a few of them too. <laughs> we'll try to see what. My dad said they have they have standings because they don't have guns. I feel like there's a. I think that's supposed to be stabbings. Oh, what I was gonna say earlier. Um, I saw somebody in New Orleans that put a note on their truck. They work downtown, and it's like an F one fifty, and they're like, "Please do not break the window. The truck is unlocked." <laughs> the window's already been broken Window three times. There's the nothing truck. in here. Feel free to check. <laughs> I'm like, you know, it's getting bad when you have to do that. Well, that was so in high school. I had a I had a piece of shit car, but I loved it. It was a 1983 Buick Regal, big four door, all metal mm-hmm. boat, and uh, I had uh, put a stereo in it. And the towards the end, the stereo didn't really work. Uh, we had ten out of ten windows and everything. It was parked in the parking lot of the school. Someone broke the window out and stole the broken stereo. The fucking car was unlocked. It was unlocked. You could have just the door handle and you could have taken the stairs. Have at it. It didn't work. Yeah. When I was a very young patrolman, I got into a pursuit one night that ended up in like this long, like 30 minute pursuit and stolen car. And 
we get to the end and the car's like nose down into a ditch and I the guy was like laying in the passenger floorboard so I started trying to break the window out bam bam hit him with my baton and this old cop named Jimmy Galane who'd been a cop like 30 years walks up fucking doors unlocked <laughs> I'm like thanks Jimmy <laughs> yeah. wants this, I don't understand how people, multiple people get stabbed in a row <laughs> right that's like, true hey what's happening to that oh shit look at that guy getting stabbed that's cr- oh shit I'm being stabbed look guys I'm being you're being stabbed now what yep, it happens though we're all being stabbed alright anyways uh, again our, our giveaway this month it's above my head go to our Facebook page all you do is tell us what two reptiles you would mix together and why. Have fun. Pick any two reptiles. You can win this amazing Blood Python calendar from Brittany Gobble. Photography in it is great. It is amazing. Awesome. So do that. Uh, she's so talented. She really is. She's a... Because we had we her on. She's, she's between photography and her writing books and snakes and everything and, and her dinosaur that she owns. And she's just an awesome human being. And she owns a dinosaur. Mm-hmm. Some people call it an emu. Oh, but. Douglas Ray White told me this weekend that Bull has bought two emu eggs and is incubating them. And so <laughs> when they hatch, they're coming to your house. <laughs> because uh, Bull and his wife announced this weekend that they're having a baby. Yep, oh, awesome. A baby. Yeah. They're so, having a calf. So, yeah. So they are, uh, he's he's incubating two emu eggs right now. So Doug might have two emus here pretty soon. Oh, yeah. So Tasha gonna, is not happy about we gotta, it. We got to get them. So maybe this weekend we'll sit down with them again. It's been a little while since we yeah. sat down with Doug and Tasha. Uh, we'll get them on. If y'all haven't listened to our Pearland show when we recorded, go listen to that, the interview with Bull. Uh, if you want to talk about reptiles, that didn't really happen there. But uh, Bull is one of the funniest people. We talked about some ball, some ball python genes. We did talk about <laughs> That is true. Yeah. Uh, and, and driving heavy machinery. Yeah. That got mentioned a lot. So uh, go check out that. We will have some Conroe shows coming soon in the next couple months. Two different shows. So uh, we'll line up some people at Conroe and make them talk to us. Again, if you're at Conroe this weekend, come by and see us. Say hi. Maybe you can pop on the podcast and we'll sit down and talk for a minute. Yeah. Um, Come by the San Boas. If you need to save money on racks and cages, racks and cages, hides, signs, all in the same place. You can find all in the same place. I'll have some uh, jumping spider and tarantula enclosures this weekend, too. Some acrylic. Yeah, the acrylic ones. I I really need to put something in those. Yeah. Those are. Oh, all of them are empty now? They're all empty. All the the spiders have died. Yep. But I mean, they've been there for a couple years. I've got a few tarantulas. I need to upgrade the cages. Okay. Can do that. Um, And again, if you want to say VivTech, it's uh, Gumbo22. Save 15% on any of your VivTech stuff. Uh, if you want to check out, for again, Racks, if you want to get a hold of Robert, if you want to pre-order, you, I would strongly suggest pre-ordering stuff for a show. Uh, you can get there, and it may still be there, what you need it, but at least if you pre-order, you know it'll be there. Yeah, it's crazy. Aside. You never know. Some shows, I don't sell them much, but some shows, I sell everything on Saturday. Yeah. Um, I mean, towards the end of the year there, it was like slide L, and people were coming in on Sunday. Hey, I need a hatchling rack. Should have been here yesterday. Yeah. That happens a lot in the Lafayette show, which we never have anymore. But, but that would happen a lot. They'd buy, it would be one one size. Like a show would be like like the forty breeder cages. The last one y'all yes. did when I yes. was in Fort Worth. Y'all are like, I wish we had those here. And I was like, Yeah, I wish y'all did too because I didn't sell any in Fort Worth. We've been there where uh, like seventy V V seventy tubs mm-hmm. racks sell like crazy. Yep. And then the next show, I won't sell any. It's weird. It's yeah, the craziest thing. I'm starting to learn. You know, after this is my third year now of doing these shows. What shows sell what? Yeah. Has to do the time of year. Yeah, it has to do with time yeah. of year. You got to know hatchling time. You got to know right when now, you're I mean, selling adults. Hatchling racks because the hatchlings are going to. Yep. 
Yeah, and then when it gets to the end of that, and people are doing holdbacks, they start selling adults. And so now you need to sell racks for the guys that are buying other people's adults. Mm-hmm. And that's when you start to sell a lot of those uh, 70, uh, you know, the three tub 70s and stuff when they're buying, you know, some people's old female breeders. Mm-hmm. But that that just takes time. Don't learn that stuff. Yep. Uh, so reach out to Robert, lsreptileracks.com or on Facebook or anywhere else where you can find them. Uh, pre-order your racks for any of the Herps shows. I think you're going to be at pretty much everyone up until Pearland, I think. Coming up, right? Mm-hmm. So none of them are Oklahoma. So I think yeah. you should be at, at all those. Uh, and if you need to reach us, it is the Reptile Gumbo Podcast on Instagram, Facebook, and at gmail.com. Uh, we will be back next Wednesday. We're recording next Wednesday as well because uh, we have plans on Tuesday. But we will be here on Wednesday. Um, and that's it. Jeremy, thanks for coming on. Hang out while we log off. Uh, we'll yep, talk, everybody no else. Appreciate y'all. Yep. Have a good night. Everybody else, good, good night. night. And goodbye.